Blog Talk Radio. On tonight's Ready to Unload with Callan Sampete, number 256, we are back, and we're going to talk about a ton of New York sports, cover all the teams, and we're going to talk about the Grammys and a bunch of pop culture stuff, too. So stick around. Ready to Unload with Callan Sampete, number 256. <laughs> Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, episode number 256, streaming and recording live today, February the 16th, 2016, at about 5 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hi, welcome to the program. I'm Steve San Pietro, also known as Sam Pete. I'm going to be joined in a moment by my co host on the podcast, Mr. Brian Calneva Calpino Caliente, Brian Calvi. And uh, the third man in, the bishop. Uh, it's a bunch of Italians, in case you haven't noticed. This is our 256th episode, but our first one, all of us together, in about six weeks, almost two months. We took a little break after six years of doing the show almost every week, um, and we are back. Uh, so this is a New York Sports Talk podcast. Started out as a New York Sports Talk radio show. We were trying to do a radio show. We are trying to be WFAN, but now we don't like WFAN anymore. And we've evolved, along with podcasts, into a podcast. So uh, sometimes we have guests, uh, be they uh, from uh, social media or the real media. We've had a number of those on. Um, There's a listing of that on our website. Uh, But uh, usually it's just really me and Cal, and maybe we'll call a friend of ours or two, um, to talk about uh, the sports teams that we love and some of the ones we don't. Um, There's no fighting there's no uh, douchebaggery. There's no opinions are uh, <laughs> absolute. And uh, we are right because we're talking about sports. It's not like that. Sports are not like that. Sports are not religion or politics. They're sports. They're supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be entertainment. And yeah, we've gotten worked up over these 256 shows lots of times. Why? Because we love these teams. We love everything about them. Not everything. I don't like the Wilpons. But we love these teams, and so occasionally it gets passionate, and that's okay. That we like. But, you know, the know-it-all stuff, and that's not really what we do. That's not really what the podcast has evolved into. Um, So we are here. We are back. This is episode, as I said, number 256. We are live from three locations, three locations, three separate locations right now. Uh, Cal is live from Comac, New York. PJ is live from Freehold, New Jersey. And I live in freaking Pennsylvania. That's a recent development Cal. over the last few months. That's the guy. Um, and so uh, I am in Newtown, Pennsylvania. 
So uh, we are alive. We are ready to get back on the horse and start talking New York sports and other stuff. We go off on tangents. Sometimes it's Saturday Night Live. We do a whole thing called a fun load. Uh, that's where we talk about whatever we feel like talking about. Top five cheeses. Maybe your Mount Rushmore of bagels. We've done all of it. We've been doing it for a long time. We're very, very excited to be back and doing it again. Um, and so uh, this podcast comes out on uh, the morning after we record it. So if you're listening live, thanks. Probably just my cousin. She's our biggest fan. Um, if you are uh, some other people who get the podcast and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, please do so. Um, and you'll get the podcast as soon as it comes out the next day. So with all that said, that's a mouthful. Uh, I'll go back to my original statement. It's uh, it's sports. Get yourself a cup of coffee, maybe uh, a bottle of beer, a bottle of beer because it's 1957. Um, get yourself pour a glass of wine, whatever you do, and sit back and just uh, we're gonna we're gonna BS about sports like you would uh, in a bar at your local tavern, if you will. Uh, my grandmother used to have a saying about um, making a pot of coffee at night. I'm drinking a cup of coffee right now. My wife looks at me like I'm a maniac. Uh, I'm drinking a cup of coffee, a huge cup of coffee, by the way, at 10 o'clock at night. Why? It doesn't keep me up. My grandmother used to, my Italian grandmother used to make a cup of coffee every night um, at about 10 o'clock, have a nice little piece of Entman's crumb cake or something like that. And she'd say, Stephen, I'm going to put on a pot of coffee nice. And make a pot of coffee nice. I'm going to have some cookies nice. So we are going to talk New York sports nice. All right. With that said, uh, welcome to the podcast. That was very formal. I apologize. But I feel like I had to reset for season six of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pease. Um I'm going to welcome in the co-host of the program. Uh, Cal. As mentioned, the, that's the guy. Um, the yin to my yang, the uh, Vera to my wang. Vera Wong? Vera Wang. That's the designer, right? He's got a new hairdo for season six. So let's not make him feel self-conscious about it. Yeah, Long flowing robes. Splendid. Mr. Brian, Calneva, Calpino, Caliente. Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. Hi, Brian. How's it going? Dude! Can you hear me? Yeah, just... Is, is well, you're not responding. Is this thing on? It is on. Is this thing on? Yes. Hello. Yes, we can hear you. Hello, are you there? Hello. Yes. Cal. It's Cal. Sam Pete, are you there? PJ. <laughs> it's Cal. Hello. Are Doctor you on a race test? Is unavailable. Are you on a walkie-talkie in Korea? Oh, you're there. Hey, yeah. what's up? Y- yes. I Have you been there the whole time? The whole time. What's going on? I... <laughs> Hello? I just reset... I Yeah, I just reset the whole show. Reset it. Wow. The entire podcast. I took seven minutes and I reset the entire podcast. You unplugged it and plugged it back in? I no. I I basically did a when we last left RTU. And I summed up right. exactly what we do, how we do it, 
and uh and you know i talked about uh your baby and uh you know the affair that you're having with another podcast host and everything everything from the past six seasons i caught everybody up yeah but here's the here's the best part because now we're back yeah right we're we're back season six we're back season six and and everybody wants resolution to those issues right that's correct it was all a dream it was all a dream we're back to Bobby, just Bobby. like we like we left you. Bobby Ewing was in the shower the whole time. None of the, none, none of that ever happened. It's just you and me. We're back. I and have PJ. to um and PJ of course um who we'll introduce in a second but we'll hold right now. Do you so think he gets hold. that a lot? Do you think he gets that a lot when people are talking about stuff in the and PJ? I thought you meant does he get put on hold a lot? Well, that we like, know he gets put hold on hold a lot. Hold on, but she, like everybody, everybody's raising a right hand to PJ at some at some point. Hold on, he, hold on. He just has something to say. Wait, just wait. Hold on, PJ. We'll just get to on. you. Hold on. We'll get to you. Um, listen, buddy. Um, do you want to FaceTime or you want to Skype? How do you want to do this? Oh, let's. Oh, we're still doing that. Okay. Um, I well, would, I would love to love to see the new hairdo for season six. Okay. No, no new hairdo. It was a dream. Remember, I still got the mullet. <laughs> well, so everything's fine. Right. right. Going on, going on 25 years. I love the way you said that so casually. Like, it, yeah, it still have the mullet, you know, still rocking. You know how, it. like, you know how, like, when teams celebrate their 25th anniversary with a patch on their jersey. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear a, a hat that commemorates the 25th anniversary of the mullet. Of your mullet. <laughs> it's Long Island. It you is Long Island. Forever. It's part of the team. It's part of the team uniform. Forever. It's it's standard issue. I mean, how else are you like, going to cruise EPA? Like like how is you know? You, I mean, you need that. It's the only it's way. standard issue. They give it to you with All your right, eye. So we're rock. back. We're back. There you are. I see you. You see me. I do. And let's get this going. Come on. No, we're it's here. We're, we're definitely. We're definitely here. How are you, buddy? I'm great. I'm great. Couldn't be better. As a matter Happy of fact. Happy birthday to your uh, to your lovely wife today. Thank you. I had nothing to do with it, but I'll take the congratulations. <laughs> Obviously, you had nothing to do with her birth. That would be weird. Oh, why is that obvious? <laughs> because she she's she's your wife. Hey, uh, full disclosure, I didn't. But it's not so obvious. I feel like it's obvious. Nah. All right. Well, happy birthday to her anyway. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You had something to do with it? I didn't. No, I told you I didn't. Oh, all right. She but is you, were so dismissive. you were so dismissive of it, though. That's that's the part that, that rubbed me the wrong way. I apologize. See, we're off on the wrong foot already. Season six. Nah. But, but no, that, was, exactly, that was one of the, exactly how one of the notes. Right. That was one of the notes from uh, from the studio. From the test group, yeah. From the well, the studio heads—they want to see more tension between us. Did you remember to pay the Not people that showed sexual. up for the test group, for the focus Not group? Sexual. Yes, I did. Okay, they got twenty dollars in a bag of microwave popcorn. Did PJ take care of that? And a voucher to uh, to Papa John's. Ten dollars voucher, yeah, but, it, to Papa but John's. it expired already. It's yeah, it's gone. No, it's gone. PJ, PJ took care. Speaking of PJ, we should bring, should bring him in. And PJ. are you excited to be? Are you excited to be back? 
Do I sound excited? You do. Well, then I am. Well, then guess what I am. Oh, I'm sorry. We interrupted the delicate genius's introduction music. Sorry. Is this Grammy Award winning The Bishop? Here he comes walking down. Do you know when he does this, he walks from his upstairs all the way down. So he starts the music, and he runs upstairs and walks right. all the way down slowly right. and, and regally into his office. Well, that's why he's got that back spiral staircase behind the kitchen like they had in different strokes. You can't. He runs up the staircase. You don't see him right. go up. He hits play on his intro music. He runs up the stairs. He runs up the back staircase. And now he's coming down. He descends. He's really, he doesn't come down. Yeah, I was just going to say, he's descending. It's as if he's on air. Could he be on a swing dropping from the air? <laughs> like with doves all around? Um, take a look. <laughs> well, what do you know? I think you'll have your MCA question. He is. Bishop, pop, culture, DJ. Hi, Peach. And then a few words. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> that broadcasting school is really paying off. He had no intention of speaking. <laughs> please, please tell me you can hear me. Please, we can hear you. Thank God. We can we can also hear the nightly news on behind you. Yeah, <laughs> that's, we can hear. Is that twenty twenty? No, that's that's not going to stop. So just. <laughs> is, are you catching a predator back there? What is going on? Is it's that Brian eight, Williams? It's an eight thousand dollar microphone. <laughs> it's, it's that TV is actually on three houses down from him. It's not even nearby. That's his neighbors watching How to Make a Murderer. How to Marry a Murderer? What's the name of that show? How to it, Make uh, a Murderer. I'm going to murder you. To, I'm going to murder you. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> Dot ink. I'm going to murder Dot ink you. Dot I got gov. this idea for the shock tank, guys. It's, I murdered somebody. You give me 20 grand. I love it. I love it. That's Isn't that the guy just with a the hit? Are you asking me to put out a hit on somebody? <laughs> you asking us to actually kill somebody? Well, yeah. The I'm just saying, the... you just pay me, it'll get done, is all I'm saying. The guy with the great hair loves that one. <laughs> he's, a, he's the son of immigrants. You guys know that, right? <laughs> Mark Cuban immediately starts scribbling things down. Who's the son of immigrants? Robert Herjavec? Is that his name? He's the guy with the great hair. He has magnificent hair. Robert he, looks like a Phil Hartman. he looks like a Phil Hartman character. He does. <laughs> like Phil Hartman, may he rest in peace, would have definitely played him on the SNL uh, you know, parody of that. I'm in for 5%. Ooh. Could you imagine that parody? That would have been good. Is that cops on behind you? <laughs> bad sure. Boys, bad boys. What are you watching TV in 1988? <laughs> How are you, Bishop? Look, it's Direct TV. Um, I don't know what station I'm on or what town I'm in. 
Yeah, we were we were going to bring in Cal for the uh, the tutorial on that, if you remember. For That's Direct right. TV. Yeah, yeah. We, I just got it. I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> You're gonna love it. Trust me. Yeah, because all I got is CNN. I can't. <laughs> That's all I know. 202. Hi, you're on 202. Get off 202. Get off, There's nothing get there. off 202. Get off 202. Look, you go past 202, it's a wasteland of of home shopping networks. I don't understand what I have here. Just in the 220s and 230s. Right. And then you get into the cooking shows. Then you get into your uh, broadcast dramas. Then your lifetime movies in the 250s. Procedural. Yeah, it's I I I've had it for seven months. I still don't get it either. So I'm right with him. Yeah, and I'm going through those... the guide, and then when you're going through the guide, all of a sudden, like this banner ad will come up, and you're like you're afraid to touch any buttons because you might accidentally order pay per view. You can't accidentally order pay per view. Don't you believe it? <laughs> you and... can't order pay per view unless you want to order pay per view. And so... boobs. <laughs> I might want to. I have uh, I have almost made that mistake several times. You and, ordered up uh, some boobs. Almost ordered up some boobs. Because <laughs> <laughs> it goes right from those on-demand channels that are good on-demand channels and and wholesome and fun, right to the wholesome and fun for other people. Um, and, because, and I've been like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, whoa, and the guy. Like, Please. The installer, the installer showed me those, and I said, "Well, uh, how do you? <laughs> how can we? How can we? <laughs> I said, "How can we block those? I, I, you know, I have young kids." And he, he said, his answer was, "Ah, it's easy." <laughs> do you, he didn't tell you. Do you no. Know, do you think I've figured out how to do it yet? Nope. Listen, if you're hanging out in the four hundreds, you get what you get. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess so. Right? Is that is that, is that what they say? It like in the direct TV ears, like that have had it for years. Hey, listen, buddy, you're in the 400s. You get what you get, and get you don't you get, get upset. You don't. <laughs> as he's smoking, like a real. You get what you get. You don't get upset, all right? Listen, buddy. If that's where you're gonna toil, that's what you're gonna get. It's gonna be boobs. I don't Inside I Poets, your, Volume Seven. I love your, your Directv installer. All right, listen. We got. I know it's been a while. I'm not gonna do it. But we got to talk about sports. We got to talk about sports. My name is Blurry Face, and I care what you think. Oh boy. Um, will you be uh, sticking around to uh, to speak in the fun loop? I believe you you boys want to talk about the Grammys. Why did my voice go up there? I don't know what happened. I don't. Maybe he does. The Grammys. I believe it was uh, discussed in the in the rundown that all Cal wanted to talk about was the Grammys. So we're going to let him go with that. that also, be... all he wants to do is have some fun. False. And dance. Wait, that <laughs> wasn't she... that wasn't you? Oh. You said all I want to do is talk about the Grammys tonight? No, that was not me. No. Ready to Grammy with Grammy and Mammy. That's yeah, the that name was... of the show tonight. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. Who who said it? It wasn't me. Oh, it was him. Baloney's. It was him. I did not. I now. I now. Listen. I did not have my phone on me for about an hour and a half this afternoon. 
So I can't account for what happened during 2.30 to 4, but I didn't say that. Well, one of your daughters did then. <laughs> what if your daughters wrote back to us and said, I'm watching the Grammys right now. We can talk about it tonight. Oh, that was them. Yeah. They were watching the Grammys today. I feel yeah. like I got to look they, this up. They wrote back to us, Cal. They were watching it on tape delay. Yes. Right. Well, well them, I, I, don't they, think they had a, I don't think they had a time machine. The Grammys <laughs> were last night. Did you get a DeLorean? So then they probably want to talk about the Grammys. They do. Not you so much. Not, not, I, I, I hadn't planned on it, but I, I'm, I'm game. You look like you're game for anything tonight. Anything. Like. Why not? Okay. It's not a jar of pizza sauce. I don't know what, where you went there. <laughs> anything. Could you make a bad one? At 1.34 p.m., Cowley wrote, we're watching the Grammys right now. Can't wait to discuss it in the front low, front, fun load tonight. Hint, hint. I don't talk like that. Calling the show ready to Grammy with Grammy and Grammy, I thought would be too much. I stand corrected. Ready to Grammy with Mammy and Grammy. So for an investment of $100,000, I can install a lie detector in your phone. Anything? (laughs) I want a pizza. I'm not hey, Jimmy, give me a cheese with nothing. 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 Greatest commercial ever. Who would have thought, by the way, that those the things. Crust. Hold the sauce. Hold the sauce. Who would have thought kick, that Get those the hell out of here. <laughs> right, why doesn't he kick him out? <laughs> Listen, kid. Stop effing around. Get out of my, get out of my store. Get out of my pizzeria. <laughs> Jimmy, give me a pizza with nothing for this wise ass. Yeah, you. Why is this? No, I just I want to, I want to not. Mm, that guy was tour de force in that commercial. <laughs> Magnificent. How many takes? What, How many takes? Was, was gonna say, what in. take do you think that was? Was that first take or a thirty-fifth? Take thirty-nine. Can you just say nothing, please, sir? <laughs> please. Cut. <laughs> How many times that old Italian man screwed up saying nothing? <laughs> and Listen, you're confused. <laughs> You've never been asked this before. <laughs> Please, he's asking you for a pizza with nothing on it. This is no unheard of. No sauce, no nothing. He just wants cheese, but he wants a pizza. In your world, this is insane. You can't wrap no. your head, head around this, Vito, and action. <laughs> Give me nothing. a piece with nothing. Nothing? I can't, <laughs> I can't. What is wrong with this guy? Get me Mr. You sure you don't want crust? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He wants it with nothing. <laughs> right. He's changing the script. Because he can't, he can't wrap his head around the idea. Hey, Jimmy, give me a pizza with nothing. Wait. That can't be. <laughs> the nothing guy originally had seven God. lines, and they just cut it down to nothing. God. But, I can't. But wait, wouldn't that just be polio string cheese? <laughs> God. Guy's terrible. I don't What is wrong with this guy? <laughs> Get me Gary Marshall. 
immediately. <laughs> uh, who would have thought polio string cheese would turn into the staple that it is, by the way? Yeah, well, we don't, we don't necessarily use polio, but we do have string cheese in the house at all times. Oh, I'm saying a, a string cheese, yeah. There are so many derivations now. The the right. twor, the, tw- the twist, the uh, oh with the two different cheeses, the two different cheeses. Sure, uh, Sargento makes a nice one. Uh, here in Pennsylvania, Lucerne Farms makes one that's very affordable. I'll bet it's very fresh. Oh, very farm. Fresh. It feels like it's very fresh. Hmm. Um, yeah, those are. Uh, I think my kids eat roughly thirty to forty of them a week. Roughly each, somewhere <laughs> in there. They love them. Um, I, but who would have thought that would have been, become such a uh, a ridiculously popular thing? At the I time, I, I would. Them all, I eat them all the time. I'm a bit uh, of a I would never. I like, I like my polio. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a name brand guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't don't come home with off brand string cheese. Look, we do Hellman's mayonnaise. We do Golden's Mustard. We do polio string cheese. For me, for the kids, they can eat whatever's on sale. Fine. That's polio string cheese, not market pantry uh, cheese stick or whatever right. they call it. <laughs> market pantry, right. That's like the No Frills brand now. That's the Archer, Target brand. Archer Farms from Target, Archer yeah. Farms. Archer, Farms. Archer Farms. I like Archer. Archer Farms are not bad. Yeah, yeah. They, call, they call it palm cheese. Cheese for the palm of your hand. Do you have a problem with the <laughs> the Sargentos are squares, like uh, not squares, but they're they're cubed. I like the rounded edges. Yeah, they have to be round. A uh, uh, string cheese is a is a round. It's like the shape of your finger. That's right. But longer. I yes, unless you're Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Right, maybe the shape of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's finger. How precisely square are they? Do they really it's come right. to to an angle, like to a sharp angle, or, the, yeah. or are they just squared off circles? The Sargento ones are square all the way down. They have edges. I don't, I don't like that at all. I don't care for that. I don't like that at all. But they make a sharp cheddar that nobody else is really making. Okay, I'm sure we can say this with a fun Fun look. New York sports, everybody. Um, welcome back. Season six. New York sports. Right where we left off. This is exactly what people want to hear. Yeah. Minutes like in. three old ladies slowly lowering themselves into a hot tub. <laughs> That's how All this right, show starts. Let's if anyone was listening, nobody is anymore. Oh. Our good friend told us that. I should perpetuate that myth, by the way. I know it plenty time, of people who listen. You, well, you know plenty. Of, you know a lot of people, too, I feel like. All I right, think I know more than I He knows a lot of people. He does. He's got a lot of friends. He's a very popular guy. He's liked, one but thing, he's not well. One thing before I go. Yes. One. My name is Blurry Face, and I care what you think. Why do you keep doing that? Is that a, a teaser for the Grammy conversation? I think he likes that song. Okay. I've never even heard that song. Um, Great. Hey, listen, Cal. Old buddy, old pal. Here's... I'm going to start bebop rhyming now. (laughs) 
Okay, first of all, I have to disclaimer the fact that I have now stolen two lines from popular culture. The first one was, are you on a Korean radio? Are you on a radio in Korea? That is Patton Oswalt. That's a brilliant Patton Oswalt bit about people talking so loudly on cell phones. Like, you're not on a ham radio in Korea. Deco, Charlie, dad, I'm... (laughs) Just, yeah, the device that can pick up the sound of your voice quite well. You don't have to scream. Um, and then the other one is uh, I've been catching up on Veep. Uh, Teresa Veep. and I catch up on Veep. Holy cow, it is so good. Oh, good, good. And uh, I told you, anytime you want the HBO Go, you can use it. I don't, I don't get the HBO over here. I told you, use my HBO Go. Right. I feel like an old Jewish man. Please, will you please taste the soup? Will you please taste the soup? And that was a line on on Veep where her teleprompter is not working and she just starts like talking about and the future is the future that we're going to future to or whatever. And the one guy, Dan, her aide goes, oh my God, she's bebop. She's bebop jazz singing. What is she doing? <laughs> anyway, um, here's the way I thought we would attack this. Since you've been gone. Uh, go on. Um, since we since we've been away, so much has gone on in the sporting landscape, both New York and otherwise, that I thought we would unpack this by going through. I made some notes as I'm. Oh, through. good, good. Um, and I thought we would unpack this by going through team by team, sort of like a state of the union for each team. Ooh, ooh, okay. I like that. Okay. Yeah. And I wanna and I um we're not doing a like an MLB radio bit here. This isn't uh what was it? Foul penalty box or what were they? In the pen- right, right. MLB radio has uh <clears throat> teams that belong in the penalty box. <laughs> right. Teams that you belong know, in the penalty box, right. You know, like the baseball penalty box. <laughs> on you MLB mean the radio. One that my my five year old talks about all the time? <laughs> He's on to something. Yeah. Um, so I, it, this is not like a bit. I just want to no. Let's make it a bit. No, I don't want to make it a bit. Come on, I'll, we'll 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 take opposing viewpoints on everything and get really loud, right? And Here's whoever's the loudest wins. I said at the top of the show that we don't do that. Oh, that was, that's a big part of the setup of the podcast. We don't we don't do that. Oh, oh, sorry then. Yeah, we get passionate sometimes, uh, but we don't. We don't. I, I. I think I literally said we don't just take opposing viewpoints to take them. I think I may have. I think I may have even said that. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was late. Yeah, I. I left something out of that uh, intro. By the way, I'd like, to, I'd like to just put it in now. We also yeah. uh, quite often uh, have become a home to bloggers uh, for sports teams, um, and that's something that has developed over the six years that I think uh, is pretty interesting for us. Um, and it's not a pat on the back to say that. A lot of bloggers came on uh, with their sports websites and sort of got comfortable uh, doing podcasts and now have their own podcasts and stuff like that. And they've really launched themselves into great stuff themselves. They did it all themselves. And we're not, I'm not because of us. In any way, shape, or form. We, we meet them. They are right. I feel like why we can't bow for that. No, no. I mean, uh, these because, guys are great and great because of us. We <laughs> and so congratulations, congratulations to uh, to us, really. 
to us really. them. But to us. Um, but no, I'm kidding. We, I'm kidding. For those of you that are new to the show, I'm just kidding. And we'd like to continue that. We're hopefully going to continue that in the season and continue to have more uh, bloggers on and become uh, continue to be a home for social media types uh, fans who cover their teams and have you know websites and stuff about their teams because uh, they've they've proven to be uh, great guests over the, you know over the course of uh, our, us doing the show. Okay, so anyway, um, I don't want to do a bit. Seriously, I I do want right. to start. I do want to ask you, though, where do you want to start? Like, do you want to start out of season? Do you want to start about to be season? I want to start with whatever's first on your notes. First thing on my notes is the Mets. Let's start somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> Second thing on my notes is uh, the Yankees. That's Third fine. on my notes is we can start with the Yankees. Let's just do baseball, yeah. Okay. Let's start with the Mets. And then we'll go to the Mets. Do you have too much to say about the Mets and we should leave that? I, listen, I'm a professional. I can say as much or as little as you need me to. <laughs> Let's uh, been waiting two months for this. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Let's do this. Let's talk about the Jets and the Giants because they're out of season. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, then we'll, and we'll save the baseball because baseball is about to happen. They're like right? watermelon. Yep. Okay. Um, out of season. Uh, out of season. Watermelon is out of season. Okay, good save. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's exactly. true. Not okay. a save. That's where I was going all along. Like peaches. How about that? Peaches are out of season. Millions of peaches? The Jets and Giants are like peaches. Yes, they are. Um, starting with the Jets. Mm-hmm. I have um it was it was obviously an extraordinarily Interesting season, one I don't think you thought you were going to get, and one that was a huge success that at the same time was a colossal disappointment Yeah, because of how it ended. Now, I think we did a show from the end of the season. Did we not? We didn't. Mm, not sure, because the end of the yeah, season was after, after Christmas. Yeah, I don't think we did. All right, so let's do it now. Well, all, all we have to say is this. Obviously, all, all I have to say is this. Colossal disappointment to lose that game to Buffalo. And you and I talked all year about Ryan Fitzpatrick at some point, Ryan Fitzpatricking us. Right. And he did in that final game. But since then, a lot of Joe Caparoso, our, our good buddy at turnonthejets.com, um, and, and others have pointed out some of the kind of in, inconsistencies with Fitzpatrick's season in terms of. He set jet records for a quarterback, but that's not saying much. <laughs> you know, it's really not. Like the only jet record for a quarterback that means anything is Joe Namath throwing for 4,000 yards because he was the first one to do it, and he did it in 14 games. Really, everything else, if you set a jet record for a quarterback, it's probably not great. But, but he did have a good season. And a very good season. Yeah, I think he had a – but wouldn't you say he had a – and this is important. This is kind of where I'm thinking with the Jets. Wouldn't you say he had a ceiling season? In other words, I can't expect him to have a season like that again. I can't he, see him ever he, having He never did before. He never did before. I can't yeah. imagine he's going to do it again. Yeah. I feel like it was an everything broke right season. And what I was alluding to with Cabaroso – um, and the turn on the Jets guys, and he did a lot of really good writing on this so far, the guys at the site have. Um, and that's, if you break down 
his completion percentage, if you break down where what games he was good in, what game he wasn't, it's it's very streaky. It's very, very streaky. And all of it is really bailed out by his remarkable red zone efficiency right up until the last game. Right. So he's he's it's almost like he's bad between the twenties and he was or or bad is the wrong word. Mediocre average between the twenties and he was exceptional in the red zone. And he was exceptional inside his own twenty or even thirty. He didn't throw any pick. I think he threw maybe one pick six the whole season. He didn't right. turn the ball over a lot in his own zone. In in his own in his own end of the field. But you can't expect that season out of him again, right? Uh, no, I can't. I can't expect him to do that again. Marshall had a record-setting season for a Jet receiver. He was a revelation. Decker had a fantastic season. They had a one-two combination wide receiver-wise. The Jets have never had, and it was probably the second best one in the league. You can make the argument it was the first. Um, that might not happen again. You know, they, they just got great protection. Look, all this is leading to this. You still have to sign him back, right? Um, what's your alternative? And you I think that that's how you look at. I think that's how you look at it. I don't think. Right. I don't think you look at. Well, we have to sign Ryan Fitzpatrick back. I think you look at. Uh, what, if we don't sign him, what's our alternative? I guess we have to sign him. It's a – that's right. It's a should sign him back. We should sign him back because he's a good quarterback for us for this coming year. <clears throat> he uh, is really well-liked in the locker room. He's really well-liked by the team. He performed really well in Chan Gailey's offense. Obviously, he gets it. He was a steady hand at the wheel for a first-year head coach, very reminiscent Cal Pennington in 2006 with Mangini. Yeah. The only difference is they didn't make the playoffs at 10-6, and six, and that team did. That's the only difference. Very, right. very similar. The similarity, I mean, now Chad Pennington is a better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick, but just from a veteran steadying presence, very similar. Um, you know, didn't turn the ball over a lot. Red zone efficiency, remarkable. Um, who had the big year that year in 06? Coles? Um, Probably Coles. Was it Coles or was it Santana Moss? Santana Moss might have had a good year. I think, is Moss gone by then? Four Coles? Uh, maybe. You might be right. Kotri was on the team in 06. Koch is definitely there. You're right. Let me look at, let me look at Coles. But, but, very reminiscent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2006. Coles has a really good year. 2006. Coles goes 91 for 1,098 and six touchdowns. 91 catches. Year. Yeah. I think that was the record, right? That Marshall broke. Or no, Keyshawn had it with 98. I think. I'm not anyway, sure. very very similar to 06. First year coaching Mangini. First year coaching Bowles. Fitzpatrick steady hand. You do sign him back. But here's the other, the other, uh, the only other thing I want to ask you about with the Jets. I think they're in good hands with Bowles. I think they're in good hands with McCagnan. I think they're in great hands with McCagnan. I love that he fired all the old staff. This is his team, his blueprint. Every time you hear that guy on the radio, Brian, he's fantastic. Yes. He's so good. So, like, 
you know, good with Francesa and just he's just good with the media. And that's a big part of the job after John Isik, who, by the way, some of his players played pretty well last year. I mean, not saying right. the guy should have kept his job, but six out of the Isik 12 were contributors to the team last year. Anyway, Geno Smith is your second stringer. There's no reason to jettison Geno Smith, Cal. He's cheap. He knows the system. And he's only 25. Well, the only the only reason you would is if you could find somebody who is cheaper with a higher potential. If you could on the on the outside market, yeah, get a guy. I don't think who, that guy who, exists. He might not, and if not, then keep Geno Smith. Yeah, and and from all accounts, Brandon Marshall, who you know doing all the press and stuff and doing inside the NFL, Cal. I don't know if you caught any of it, but it was great because he talked about. He's so earnest, almost to a fault sometimes, but he's so earnest talking about how, hey, you know what? Chino kind of needed this year. Maybe that broken jaw was the best thing that ever happened to him. To right. sit behind a veteran quarterback who knows how to – look, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a great quarterback, but he knows how to practice. He knows how to game plan. He's never not going to be prepared. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's problem has always been his, you know, his, his arm writes checks that his body can't cash. Right, and he learned, you know, how to how to uh, how to game plan, how to work out, how to be around and be a leader on the team. Brandon Marshall said, Geno Smith had like a Fitzpatrick notebook and followed him around everywhere. That's so good. maybe that's maybe that, and he never got that opportunity. Cal, he came in and started from day one because Rex had to play Mark Sanchez in a meaningless game against the Giants in the preseason because he had to win the Snoopy Bowl. So he never got that opportunity. He should have sat that first year behind Sanchez. Absolutely. So I think he's your backup. I think Bowles did a really nice job. I don't love that that was the last game I saw out of him. And they were kind of un- unprepared to play that game. But remember, he's a rookie coach. He's a rookie coach. And you know what, everybody, all the consternation about that game, Brian, and they they were down 19-17 with six minutes to go and the ball on the 14-yard line and a field goal wins the game. Yep. Oh, as badly as they played. Six minutes to go, ball on the 14-yard line, field goal wins the game. That's the one spot all season. Ryan Fitzpatrick cannot throw an interception, and he throws an interception. Because if they get a field goal there, there's no way the Bills are scoring to win that game. There's no way. I, I, not. They, they had, no, they had bottled them up all, all night. Remember, the only reason they get that field goal is because of, uh, uh, what do you call it, the, another interception after the interception of the 14. Right. So, anyway, that's the Jets. Do you feel good going into the draft? I feel okay. Give me, your major, okay. Give me, your, give me your major needs real quick. Give me three needs. Um, three three needs. needs. Yeah. Um, I think they could use some offensive line help because it's getting yep. old. Might Agreed. be their top need. Um, yep. they could they could always use an edge pass rusher pass rusher. Yep, agree. And and uh, and maybe a running back. Not that I would take okay. a running back high in the draft, but you know they they're going to need a running back. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's that's exactly what I see for that. And and for the first time in a really long time, 
I feel like they know that too. Yeah, I trust them. Right, you feel like the you feel like the general manager and the player personnel people know what they need and aren't sort of duping themselves into thinking that players are what they aren't. Right. And are going to be honest in their assessment of the players. That was Rex's one of Rex's hugest downfalls. Hugest, biggest downfall. Largest. Yeah. Largest. Largest. I would like a large. I would like a large F. Wouldn't we all? Wouldn't Some we all? Some people say I have a large F. <laughs> <laughs> Did your mother ever use that expression? Uh, I doubt. Your mother doesn't. My mother doesn't have the have the truck driver mentality that my mother has. No. She's she she's she's the quarter French Canadian, so she's extremely polite. I feel like my mother's half half French Canadian, so she's half French Canadian, so she's even more polite. Sorry. And half Irish. If you're getting, so she holds all the emotions in, and then she apologizes for having them. It's good. Sorry. If you're getting a call from the income tax, you think it's happy birthday? I can't take Alan Six commercials on WFAN. I can't take it. Hi, <laughs> right, I'm Alan Six. If you're getting a call from the from the IRS, do you think they're saying happy birthday? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> it's Paul F. Tompkins. I know. That's why it's so spot on. Sorry. It's funny. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> um, what was I just going to ask you? Shoot. Oh, my mother had this expression. I'm throwing my mother, mother under the bus here. Good thing she doesn't ever listen to the program. Um, <laughs> this is when I get a phone call tomorrow. Steven. Um, my mother. Used I to heard you on like, the computer last night. Is right, right. She, she, I told you she doesn't even acknowledge that I was on Netflix. No, like my my spot on my spot on House of Cards doesn't even count. She there's no way she could find this podcast. Um, <laughs> Mom, I was on I was on uh, House of Cards. Oh, that's on the computer though, right? You weren't on TV. Wow. Rough room. Um, but she used to say when somebody had expensive tape mm. that they had a large ass. <laughs> oh. And, and that, my, my only, my brother and I, for years, tried to figure out what exactly that means. <laughs> and all we could come up with was you need designer clothes on your large ass. But that's not what she meant, right? I, you know what? It's a mystery. You still don't know to this day. We know it meant somebody with expensive tape. That one, she's got a large ass. All right. Uh, okay. So she has Jordache jeans, I guess. <laughs> um. Anyway, a large ass. Well. All right. Um. Giants. The Giants, the New York football Giants. I have two things written down here. One is, and first and most obvious, is they have a new coach for the first time in 12 years. That's a huge thing. That's insane. What went on with this team, or that team, was really interesting to me, Cal, because you don't see it with them, ever. Right, that's not how they do things. And it's just not how they do things. 
and the kind of, you know, escorting Tom Coughlin out the door and all of it was handled very clumsily. Yeah. Very clumsily, I feel like. And when he was, when Coughlin was a candidate for the Eagles, it's like, oh, that would, boy, that would be a great look. <laughs> um, what do you think of Ben McAdoo? I, I, I got to be honest, I don't know much about him. He was the yeah. offensive coordinator over there, but their offense didn't really cover themselves in glory last year. Well, their offense is based on one exceptional player. Yeah, I would think that McAdoo's greatest asset is his relationship with Eli. It's got to be a huge part of it. They love this guy, though. He really and, – and my my died-in-the-wool Giant fan friends um, were a little like we like him because we don't have a choice. They were not necessarily, I guess, but they were like, okay, well, if the Giants like him, we should probably like him. But, but I don't know what he's done necessarily to be held in this esteem. Well, he hasn't done much. But they brought him in. A lot of the talk when they brought him in was that he was the head coach in waiting. Yeah. At the time that they brought him in. As it turns out, yeah. Do you think that OBJ is – he's obviously one of the um, most dominant players to to come out of college and start in the NFL – um, in in years, and you can't really point to people who have done what he's done in his first, you know, whatever thirty games or, or twenty. What did he play? Twenty six games or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the numbers are the numbers are really staggering. They are, but I do. You, I don't feel like he's made like the leap yet, though, because they they're Back still up? losing these. They're still losing these games. Yeah, but do you, you know think I mean? that he's? Do you think that he could be even better? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, maybe. I think maybe there, there's going to be like a a tipping point for him, Cal. Like we 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 had said before the maybe it was the Carolina game. I can't remember which game it was, but we had said like he had that that game where he like really took over. Like even when he has like ten catches for like 160 yards, but it's not. It feels like five catches on that drive, and then three catches on that drive, and then like four drives with nothing, and then. He'll break a 78-yarder. Like we were talking about it for the Jets-Giants game. And we're like, right. he didn't take over that. He didn't take over that game. He had one long catch. And he had a couple of other catches. But he, Julio Jones or um, – I just – I'm waiting for him. There, there should be like three games next year. He wins by himself. You know, I don't know. Just – That's like a lot, but – at least one. It just feels like three catches on that drive for 75, and one of them is a ridiculous one-handed catch. By the way, start using two hands. We get it. Um, honestly, yeah. he's not using one hand when he can use two. But it's better for his brand, though, if he uses one yeah. hand. Well, that's the other thing about that guy. The only thing that can derail that guy is that guy. Right. They have a lot of work to do. But, Cal, they have $50 million in cap space. Yeah. Is this like the Jets like two like two years ago when Itzik had all that room? I think so. Um, they can very easily. 
easily be a contender next year if they spend the money in the right places. Like right away. Jerry Reese, but Terry Reese has got to spend all of it. He's got to spend all of it. Like it's, it got destroyed for leaving money on the table. Destroyed. But it's a good thing he did. Yeah, certainly. But, uh, but uh, what does he spend it on? Yeah, but what was he going to do? He was going to spend $35 million on Dominique Rogers Cromartie? Hey, look, you, you know, we, you're preaching to the choir on that one. No, the, his, his, he could have spent it on Revis. That's what everybody wanted him to do. If John Itzik had done that and just went and spent, a, you know, $25 million of that 50 on Darrell Revis, he'd still be the general manager. Well, then it's a good thing he didn't because yeah, he's not the I, general manager and they have Revis. But that's all people wanted that, that, that summer. That's all they wanted. Yeah, well, they didn't want him to go to New England, that's for sure. No, that's not a great look. Um, so uh, the Giants are going to be very interesting to watch in, the, in this draft. I think they have to have a good draft because their drafts have been abysmal. I think Jerry Reese on the hot seat. I don't think I'm breaking any ground there, but no. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Um, I think both teams could be good next year, though. I do. I think if the Giants spend the money in the right places, especially on that defense. Now, they retain Spags, right? Yes. That's a smart move. Well, smart what did for you him, think too. Of, I don't think he was going anywhere else. So what did you think of – so move away from the Jets and the Giants. Let's just go to the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. I think Denver was probably the what the fifth best team in the AFC. In the AFC, it's tough to say that now. I know. Did their who was better did, than was, was their defense was just a hot was their defense just a hot goalie, Cal? Um. Yeah. Yeah, because we didn't really give their defense the credit that it probably deserved all year. Uh, yeah. I mean, isn't this like, uh, you know, uh, what's, uh, not Carey Price because he's exceptional, but like who was like the Hurricanes goalie when they won, they won the Stanley Cup? Right. Like isn't this just a, a – a, Denver's defense is just a goalie who gets on fire and carries a, a terrible offense through the playoffs. Yeah, that's, that a, good, that's a good way to put it. Terrible. It's awful. So if you're going to say that the Broncos were, and I and I never got to make my Chad Pennington comparison, but it was a good one, um, you know, with, with Peyton Manning. By the end, in the yeah. playoffs, Peyton Manning essentially became Chad Pennington. You know, this great game manager who's not going to, who can only make certain throws. And I'm talking Chad Pennington after the second arm surgery, right? Right. Who can only make certain throws. He's not going to beat you in certain ways. But if you get a lead, if you can get a lead, he can win you the game by not making mistakes, by audibling, by getting you out of bad plays, by not throwing red zone interceptions. He can, he can win you a game, but if you get down 10 points, you're dead. You're dead. That was Peyton Manning to me in these playoffs. Well, the, and, and they game plan so that he wouldn't make a mistake, which is the yeah. strangest thing. I mean, that's like, that's like something you see for a second-rate quarterback like a Trent Dilfer or a Heath he Miller or something like that. No, I know, but it's but it's also Peyton Manning, so it's just strange to see. 
they also not to talk about the Super Bowl because it was a couple weeks ago and it's been talked about a million times. But just one thing that stuck out to me, and I, I think others have mentioned it, but you and I haven't talked about it. They did the same thing against the Patriots as they did against the Panthers, and that was they come out in the first series and threw the ball. And, like, it was almost like capitalizing, like, for Manning having a fastball early in the game. Yeah. Like, and trying to, cap- trying to capitalize on that. Like, he just came out of the bullpen, like, all fired up. Yeah. And, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's only going to have that fastball for, like, two innings or, like, two drives. So, let's throw on the first drive. And how Carolina wasn't looking for that is beyond me. You had two weeks. Yep. They game like playing he, horrible, he, Carolina. Yeah, he was, he was a pitcher that came out of the bullpen that was, like, all amped up and, like, throws, like, 92 the first inning and then doesn't hit, like, it, like, it was like watching Tom Glavin. You know, like, Tom, ooh, Tom Glavin touched 90 in the first inning, and then he's, like, 82 the rest of the game. You know, if you know that Glavin's going to, like, pump up the fastball to, like, 90, 91 miles an hour in the first inning, he's going to throw fastballs. After that, yep. you're going to get a steady diet of change-ups. You know, that was that was Peyton Manning to me. Like, how do you not know he's going to come out on that first series and try to throw the ball? Mm-hmm. Well, he still has an arm. Um, I thought the Patriots were a better team. I thought the team. I thought the Steelers should have beat them. That, you know... If the if the eighth string running back, as Bill Simmons rightly said, if the eighth string running back doesn't fumble the football, uh, the Steelers win that game. So the Steelers. Right, well, here's, the, here's the question: Did you think the Jets were better than the Broncos? No. No, I okay. don't think the Jets beat that team. I don't. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick beats that defense. Can't imagine he could. No, I'm talking about, you know, top five guys, right? Roethlisberger is a top five guy. Tom Brady is a top five guy. Like, those guys could have beaten, could have done enough to beat that defense. But again, yeah. you said it. We didn't talk about that defense in the right terms, Brian. They, right. Held, they held, like, everybody under 20 points. I think they gave up 30 points once during the regular season. Yeah. They held Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning – a, I mean, um, strike that. Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, and Cam Newton to 45 points in three games. That's pretty good. That's really, it's really good. I mean, that's all time-ish. So they were the hot goalie, they, 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 you know, and and is the team that wins the Stanley Cup on the back of a hot goalie the sixth or seventh best team? Maybe, maybe overall. Well, and I think I think they also took advantage of a Carolina team that was in over their head. Yes, overconfident, in over their yep. heads, and the moment was clearly too big for them. I and, think so. And their defense played great. I mean, Carolina's defense set a record. Oh yeah, no, it was it was terrific. They they broke the record for yardage against by fifty yards. Like Carolina's defense was that's one of the better all time Super Bowl performances. They had like five sacks, mm-hmm. they had a turnover. They held them to 194 yards total offense. And they lost because Cam, it was too big for him. We didn't get to talk about Cam a lot. Um, I, yeah. 
I, I, you know, I'm a big fan, but um, I, I don't. I think he missed an opportunity. I thought that that Deadspin article was a really good one that you sent me. Yeah, because I think it was it was from the aspect of I've been supporting you all this time. You had an opportunity to kind of you could have shut everybody up in losing. You could have done more in losing than you could have been winning for your perception and also for yourself, like just to show maturity. And he kind of blew it. Now, a lot has come out about him walking away from that press conference and stuff that, you know, the guy's doing a, one of the, uh, the Denver linebackers doing a press conference five feet away from him and talking about how we couldn't, you know, we couldn't wait to make him pass. And, you know, we got it, you know, we, we, we knew if he threw the ball a lot, we'd win the game. And like the guy's five feet away from him 10 minutes after the Super Bowl, like, yeah, well, should, should, should he have walked? No, but great job NFL. Like, can you, can you give the kid, all of them. Like, why are you putting them 10 feet away from each other? You know? Yeah. It was a tough spot. That's all I'm saying. Did he handle it uh, correctly? No, he did not. He did not handle it correctly. But it's a tough spot. It is. And he was gracious to Peyton Manning. He congratulated him after the game, went up and found him. Something Peyton Manning didn't do six years ago when they lost to the Saints. You know, point out the good with the bad. Hey, he'll learn. Hey, look. He said all along, if you want to stop me from dancing, stop me. Well, they did. Let's see if this humbles him at all. Well, it, it didn't in the days after, so we'll see. I don't think he was terrible in the days after, though, Cal. I think he was yeah. defensive, but I don't think he was terrible. Was he humble? I don't know. I don't have a problem with the, hey, look, show me a good loser, and I'll show you a loser. I, mean, I don't have a problem with that. Especially because he didn't Ron, Ron walk Rivera off. Was, Ron Rivera was a pretty good loser. But he didn't walk off the field and not shake anybody's hand or anything. Greg Olson was a pretty good loser. So was he. All he did was walk out of a press conference. He shook hands with the opponent. Oh, okay. So, so then he's calling himself a loser. If he was a good loser, then he's calling himself a loser. No, he's saying, he's saying he was upset about losing. Show me somebody who's not upset about losing, and I'll show you a loser. You know, he was referring to the press conference. I don't, I don't, I, I again, did he, it, he didn't handle it correctly. He should have stuck around, but it's not the, it's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, Peyton Manning walking off the field before the game is even over and not going to congratulate Drew Brees or anyone else. That's worse to me. Sorry. That's worse. Yeah but, yeah. but we're not talking about Peyton Manning. We're talking about Cam Newton. But why was, why was, why is Cam Newton a bad loser? Because he walked out of a press conference, but Peyton Manning wasn't a bad loser when he walked off the field before he lost. Nobody said anything about that at the time. You know, from that article, he he you know Sean uh, Sean King's article he cited, uh, or the other article he wrote about the double standard, he cited three examples of how Peyton Manning was like everybody understood he was upset, and he made a point to call Drew Brees later on. You know that night and congratulate him, but in the moment he was a terrible loser. So, you know it, it's it's sportsmanship. You know I just think it's an overreaction to Cam Newton. I really do. I really well do. because well you're a Cam Newton fan, so you're gonna think that. I can understand. You're gonna be dis- dis- like you're him. gonna defend him. 
I can understand disliking it. I, I have no problem and completely respect anybody who doesn't like that amount of celebration or whatever. But to, to, to say that, like, how can the kids watch this and stuff? Like, let's, come on. Well, like everything, write, people take it too far. Yeah, to write letters to the editor about, you know, how you turned your 11-year-old's face away from the from the, the, the field when he's celebrating a touchdown because he celebrates too much. I mean, really? It wouldn't have anything to do with the fact that he's a black man. Nothing. I mean, come on. I, I that just that just bothered me. It just bothered me. I think there. Don't you? Let me ask you. Don't you think that we talked about this a little bit? But I want to take it a step further. It's not about black or white or any of that crap. If what Cam Newton does in celebrating a touchdown is a penalty, right? And it's not, right? It's not a penalty. Depending on how long he he uh, how protracted the celebration is, right? Can we make every time a wide receiver celebrates a first down a penalty? Please? Please. Like, if you want to legislate something out of the game in that regard, do that. Please. And flip the ball and the first down sign. Jets do it, too. They all do it. Every player does it. It's too Just That's a penalty. That's over-excessive celebration. You score a touchdown, you do your dance, you give the ball to the kid in the stands, that's okay, we're having fun. You scored a touchdown. You did something great. Damn, you're down 35 to 4. Two safeties. Where are you on that? Where am I on, on what? You said a lot there. Where are you on the idea of they're, they're penalizing or penalizing? Whatever makes the five-year-old laugh. I usually say penalizing, and the five-year-old cracks up. They're penalizing, I feel like, the wrong thing. They're focused on the wrong thing celebration-wise. If you want to clean up celebrations or excessive celebrations, get rid of all the crap in between. Don't get rid of the touchdown dances. That's fun. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, well, you know, it's not – well, what I don't agree with is it's just, you know, just pure fun, just boys being boys, having fun dancing. I think it's, it's, a, it's conscious – and premeditated, and they're looking to get on SportsCenter or whatever. Of course they are. So it's not just, it's not just fun. It's to further their brand. That's what I think. Maybe. Maybe. That's what I think. You know, Maybe. Cam, Cam Newton, Cam Newton knows exactly where the camera is at all times. Of course. It is exactly. entertainment, is it not? Sure. Sure, if you're entertained by stuff like that, sure. I don't, I don't know if you can have it both feels, ways. Feels, it feels. No, no, it I'm feels, not talking about you. I'm talking about the league. Like, I don't know if you can have it both ways. I don't know if the league can have it both ways. You want these guys to be entertainers. You want them to be the face of everything. You want them to know where the camera is at all times. They want Cam Newton to know where the camera is at all times. And then when he does, you can't tell him he shouldn't. Well. It, well, he—that's the whole point. He knows when the ca- where the camera is at all times, and he has to know how to act. He can't be falling down on the ground like a baby on the sideline. Agreed. He knows I'm not the cam- talking about that. He knows the camera is on him at all times. Just like I agree with that. he knows he knows the camera is on him during the national anthem, so he could sit there and he could like really make a you know he's really into the national anthem. 
I don't, I don't buy that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sure he's a great American, patriotic, but it's a little much because he knows the cameras on him. Do you think, do you think Peyton Manning's super into the national anthem because the cameras on him too? I'm talking about Cam Newton though. I'm not, I'm, I don't know I'm, why you keep I'm bringing saying, Peyton Manning up. Because I'm saying so many players do it. I, fine, but I'm I'm talking about Cam Newton. Peyton Manning kissed the Papa John's guy after he won the Super Bowl. We're talking about branding? He well, kissed well, the Papa John guy. Kissed him on the mouth. It's on the cheek. Still. They, they all know the camera's on them. It's the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I agree with you. The, the histrionics on the sideline when your team does something bad, totally agree. Absolutely immature. Or, or when your team does something good, when he's running around waving a towel and whooping it up. What's it's wrong with that? Like, it's not. I, I. It's not too much. Seventy-five thousand fans in your home building, and you're and you're going crazy because your team did something good. Hey, if Peyton Manning did that. Would you be okay with it? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I I would I don't I I mean Beckham does it all the time Beckham Odell Beckham Jr. does it all the time right and, and you're okay with I I don't have a problem with celebrating with fans or um or trying to get the fans up when in your home building when your defense is on the field and you need a big stop I don't I don't I don't that doesn't really bother me that's, they're into the game well that's good that's good for you then that's fine that I don't know that just doesn't really bother me. I've That's seen fine. players do it. I've seen players do it at games. Like you know, um, uh, Pennington used to do it a lot. Not as not obviously not with the same kind of histrionics or or uh, uh, as big of a show. But Penny used to do it all the time. Like when the defense mm. needed a big stop and the defense was on the field or whatever, he'd go along the sidelines at the stadium and lift up his you know lift up his hands and wave a towel and stuff like that and try to get the fans into the defense and everything. He, Penny, mm-hmm. Chad Pennington used to do that all the time. How did you know that he did that? I was at the game. I saw him doing it. Exactly. Right. exactly. I mean, I saw him doing I, it on TV. I never saw him do it on TV. Maybe they didn't show it as much then. I don't know. Maybe they show it more now. Or maybe it was Chad Pennington and not a, a, a huge figure like Cam Newton or, or Odell Beckham Jr. But Chad Pennington used to do it all the time. Look, the bottom line is what he's doing is not wrong. It's just not, it's not my taste. Okay, that's it. You yeah. like him. You don't have a problem with it. That's fine. I don't care for it. I don't have a, but I, I have a problem with certain things. I definitely do. I think there's a, there's a difference between what's immature and what's being a 25-year-old kid on a field in front of 80,000 screaming fans that are going nuts for you when your team is winning. I think there's I think there's a difference between that exuberance. You need to control it, too. But why? Because it can cost you in the game. What if it doesn't? See Odell Beckham Jr. against the Panthers. Right. See, he took all of that out onto the field with him and got two personal three personal fouls and should have been kicked out of the game. But that's not why they lost. Taken, he's, taken, he's taken cheap shots at, 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 at Josh Norman. 
He's not playing, you know, he's making dangerous plays on the field. That's different. I don't see Cam Newton doing that. No, he didn't do that. No. I'm saying that's taking that exuberance onto the field and costing your team yardage, costing your team penalties, being dangerous and reckless. Mm-hmm. That's the extension of that. Right. But look, you know what I would love to see next year? Now that he's been humbled in the Super Bowl, no dancing in the regular season. You score a touchdown in the regular season, no dancing. You know, you know what? I got to get back to the Super Bowl. Right. I don't think you're going to. But I would like to see that. That would mean some maturity. Oh, and maybe that that towel waving, that towel waving, and running up and down like you're at an NBA All Star Game dunk contest, you know, and celebrating that way is maybe great when you're 25 and it's your first time going through all this and 75,000 fans, blah 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 blah. You know what? And maybe you're 26, 27, 28. You've been in the league a little while. You won an MVP. Now, you don't need to do that. But I but do I think that's going to happen or I don't? Well, we'll see. We don't know. I hate the first down celebration so much before the first down celebration. Yeah, I well, really do. That was that like really started with Santonio Holmes. Yep. I never saw All it before the, that. I don't, I don't remember seeing it before that either. All the other all the touchdown stuff I can live with. I don't love 8 minutes of dancing but it doesn't bother me. All the other stuff I can live with, but the stuff in between the, the end zone, the end lines, just drives me nuts. Just play the game, please. The pass defense, you know, the, the defended pass where you wave your hands and Kyle Wilson wagging his finger. I mean, come on, just play the game, please, please. I'll bet you if you talk to younger fans, they don't have a problem with it or they have a problem oh, with it. I so agree. it's becoming a generational thing. Old Manny. Yeah. Uh, I think we covered the Jets and the Giants and football. Looking forward to the draft. And the combine starts in like 10 minutes. So we almost have, <laughs> like, a, we almost have like a week off. Yeah. Um, I want to do uh, Isles and Rangers, but I want to be very quick because they're in season. And now that we're starting up again uh, every week, um, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Islanders and the Rangers. All right. Um, you are, and, and this is going to lead us into the Mets and the Yankees. You are not really into the Islanders right now. No, I'm not. It's a very strange place we're living in. <laughs> A little strange. It's a little strange. I'm just, I haven't, you know, to, they feel like they're gone to me, quite honestly. They they didn't move out of New York, but they moved off Long Island, and I haven't been to a game yet, and we're, on, we're at the end of February. I, there's, only 11, I, there's only 11 left. Yeah, I know. I feel, I probably won't go to any of them. I feel very disconnected from them. And it comes on the heels of last year being such an emotional season. Right. That I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll get back into it next year. But the, and the, and just kind of following as much as I have, it feels like you know we, we say it a lot. It's like a transitional year for them. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like there's 
a lot to get invested in with this team this year. So I was already kind of lost a connection to them, I guess, is the way to put it, coming into the season. And they haven't done anything to reestablish that connection with me. So that's where I'm at with them. I have a few questions. Steve Sampietro, RTU. Yes, go ahead. If they were to make a move, I know you don't think they will, but if they were to make a move at the deadline that was significant, would that pique your interest? It might. Could you buy back into this team? Or is the Brooklyn thing going to be too much of a buffer between you and this team this year? No, I could I could get back into them, but not nearly to the level that I ever was before. Like I could ever get back again? I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I would have to I, I couldn't tell you. Now uh uh a crazy playoff run which took them deep into May might get me back in. I don't, I don't, but I don't know. I'd have to see it, you know? Yeah. Like I could, like if they make the playoffs, I'm going to watch, obviously. I'm not going to live and die with them though. If they make the playoffs. Right. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm just not because I don't think they're going to go anywhere in the playoffs. I don't even think they would win. A, I don't think they would win a round. How much of the Mets, and their run and this sort of rebirth that the Mets, and it's fair to call it a rebirth, I think. Um, how much does that play into it? That was a timing thing because the Met run in the playoffs coincided exactly with the start of the Islander season. Right. All right. So, I'm already feeling disconnected from the Islanders. And now here come the Mets to kind of recapture my attention. And the emotion and that went into that month of October with the Mets, that took some time to get to, to come down from. Right. That was like... Some of us still haven't. Yeah. <laughs> but like that was... I was all... I was all... I mean, you talk about all in... I was all in right. with the Mets for for a month, and um, or like two months, and it 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 really affected the way I watched the beginning of the hockey season, the end of the football season. Right. I just I did I didn't get into the Jets as much as I normally would have. Right. I never got into the Islanders, so so the Mets had a had a huge effect on that. I think I I think I went the complete other way. In that the loss that the loss for the Mets in the World Series was so crushing to me. And so quick. I was talking to you about this uh, the other day. It was so everything was so fast. I had zero expectation of them making the playoffs. The Mets making the trades that they made, doing everything. And then they make the trades a month later, like they're clinching the NL East. I, I don't even know what's going on. Then they're beating the Dodgers. They're beating the, they, they're sweeping the Cubs. And the next thing you know, they're in the World Series. Like I was, what? 
Like I, yeah, it was so unexpected that I almost feel like I didn't do enough. Like I didn't, like I didn't wear my jersey enough, and like I should have been wearing my jersey to work every day. Like they're in the World Series. Like what? What? what I didn't do enough. Yeah, I watched yeah. every game. And I lived and died with every pitch, but I didn't do enough. I could have done more. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why they lost too. I feel like it. I feel like it. Yeah. So there's this weird moment where the Islanders are opening in Brooklyn. No longer on Long Island, and I don't even care. I just want to watch hockey and care about something else. Well, keep in mind that you're no longer on Long Island, so it wasn't as much of a move for you. It, it's it's true. You had it already felt left. Like we moved together. Kind of. Yeah. It did. So. I also, but but I also had not less of a problem with them moving. I think I've accepted that they moved and that there was no choice. It's been easier for me to accept than it has been for you. Oh, I, I accept it. I just, I just think it sucks. You know, I accept it. I understand why I, I understand it all. I'm very, I'm very rational about the fact that they moved and why they moved and why they had to move. I, I get all of that. Um, but to me, I had always said, well, at least it's still New York. It's not Quebec. It feels like Quebec to me. Right. This this feels like they left completely. I should go to a game. That might help you if I go to a game. I don't know. I don't it want to. Me, it I have no me interest. immensely. I, I have no interest on in getting on a train and going to a game. That's not that's not that's not the Islanders to me. You know, it's not the Islanders. It's not 30 years of my life. I hopped in the car when drove 20 minutes. Is that a hockey game? Is that an Islander game? Yeah. You know? If I'm getting on a train, it's like I'm going to the city. I'm going to see the Rangers. I'm not going to see the Islanders. And I don't want to go see the Rangers. So I don't want to get on a train. <laughs> you know, that's, it, you it think doesn't it make be, a lot of sense. No, no, it makes sense. Do you think it would be different if you commuted on the train every day? Um, it might be a little different. Yeah, it might be a little different, but then I would be like, uh, you know, I'm tired. I gotta. Now I'm gonna go to a game and then take the train home later. That's gonna go home. I don't know. Right. Well, no, no. I just mean, you just like Scott, for example, when they went to the game. Well, we went to the game a couple weeks ago, right? On the Sunday right. against the Oilers on Super Bowl Sunday. Right. And Scott and Carrie and and uh, my brother and sister in law and my nephew. Um, and his uh, friend, one of the guys he plays hockey with, and I took Wesley from Newtown. And Scott took the train. But mm-hmm. Scott takes the train every day. Right. Like, there was nothing unusual about him riding the Long Island Railroad. The only time you take the Long Island Railroad is to go to the city. Right. And and I don't even do that a lot. Usually right. driving. Exactly. The exactly. Scott takes the train every day into the city. Because he works in Manhattan. You work on Long Island. So to, for him to take the train to the game was not – it wasn't weird. Right. And they had uh, direct trains from Wontaw, so he didn't have to switch in Jamaica. So 45 minutes he was at the game. Right. It's also a Sunday. And he walked, so not he walked upstairs and probably – 
No, but I mean, again, he rides the he rides the train every day. It's crowded. It's crowded. A Long Island Railroad is not. I took it every day for for you know five years. Yeah, no, I did. Uh, I did it too for a couple of years. But like, if yeah. you take the train on a on a weekend, if you take the train every day, and you're commuting with all of those people, if you then take it on a weekend, it's actually like you're getting a break because it's not as bad yeah. as it used to. Yeah. I, I never found the Long Island Railroad that bad. I mean, in, in terms of like, you could almost always get a seat. It's not like the seven train or something like a subway, you know, well, it depends on the, it depends on which one you're taking or whatever. Depends but, on the train. Regardless, yeah. you're right. But regardless, it was a 45 minute straight shot to the, to the arena. You walked upstairs and he was at the arena. Right. So you didn't have to, you didn't have to change trains or anything like that. He lives four minutes away from the train station. Yeah, it wasn't jumping in his car and driving 15 minutes to the to the arena, but it wasn't bad at all. Yeah, and kind of nice to you know, kind of nice to not have to like park and do all that jazz and pay for parking or whatever. You pay for your train ticket, but still, it. The point of the story is it wasn't terrible. By right. any means, I didn't take the train. I drove mm-hmm. an hour and a half from Newtown. To the parking garage, I brought prepaid parking. I walked about eight minutes up Flatbush Avenue to the arena. wasn't bad. Yeah, it was kind of like kind of like parking in you know uh, NCC uh, you know uh, in uh, in Nassau Community College. A little longer right. walk, but not much. Um, and it was eleven dollars to park. Not bad at all. Um, again, it was weird. But it it was still going to an Islanders game. Once the lights went down and they dropped the puck, you know, the only really super odd part was the roof is so high. So not as loud, right? It's not even that. It, it, it's A, not as loud. B, it's just like a different look. Like it, just, it just, it takes a little getting used to because you're so used to the Coliseum roof being so low. Mm-hmm. And that's the way they build, like Scott was saying, because Scott's been to um, uh, where the Flyers play, he's been to um, a bunch of like uh, sort of metropolitan new arenas uh-huh. built on the smaller footprint. He's like, that's the way they're all built. They all build up because they have such a small footprint. So they can't build out and make a low roof. They have to build up and they make the high roof. That said, the building got plenty loud when they scored. I would say there was a good fourteen or fifteen thousand there. It wasn't a sellout, but it was close. Uh huh. Um, and it 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 was Islander hockey. It wasn't the Islander hockey we grew up with, but there was still the Islanders. You know, it was it it took a period to get used to it, but it was still you know JT and Strom and and actually where we sat sat really good sight lines. Um. And the amenities are really nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's nice to go outside and not wait 30 minutes to go to the bathroom. And miss half the first period or the second period or, you know, or, I mean, those things are nice. I don't know. It's going to take getting used to. It's never going to be the Coliseum. But it was it was good, Bri. But I get, yeah. I get where you are. I, I don't, I don't. I understand entirely where you we're we're in two different places. I threw everything I had into the Islanders to get over and, and the Jets to a lesser extent. 
because I was so all in with the Islanders, because I'm so all in with the Islanders now. My the boys watch the games like I'm in. I love hockey. I watch every game. Um, That's good though. And I just threw myself into the Islanders to get over the Mets. They've disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because they're the same team. The same team. They're the exact same team they were last year, which their ceiling is a first-round playoff exit, likely. Right. They, They didn't do anything to make themselves better. They are exactly at the Mets spot. Garth Snow is Sandy Alderson. They are exactly at the Mets spot. You know what the big it's, difference is, Cal? Well, and the one difference is that they're they're in a better spot than the Mets were in. No, absolutely. But the, the biggest difference is the Capitals look unbeatable. Right. So so Garth Snow maybe doesn't make a move. Because he's not going to give up any of his four top prospects, or five if you count Pulak. Right? And he's not going to go pay for a rental, and he's not going to trade a post to get a future because he's still going to make the playoffs. Can't punt this season. Mm-hmm. He's got two wingers that he thinks are going to replace a post and Nielsen next year anyway. In Del Collin Barzal. So he's at this weird spot where, like, do I make a trade? Do I try to get Lad, say, from Winnipeg? But if I do that, I've got to trade Hamannick. I'm not going to trade Hamannick for a rental player who i got to sign but that would be making a run at it. I could use that. I'm not going to trade Lad for futures because I'm not giving up Hosang, Barzal, Delcal, or Bouvier. Or draft so he's in like the Or draft pick. So he's in this weird spot. And the Capitals have like 80 points. So it doesn't look like you can beat the Capitals anyway. The Mets were in this great spot where finally – they got lucky that the Nats were crapping the bed and the opportunity was there to finally make the move. And they did something that we all saw they should have done. Never thought they would. Right. Garth's not in that spot. I mean, if he goes and gets Ladd, right? Let's say he trades a second for Ladd, right? He adds a really nice piece to that top line with JT. Put him on the left wing, leave Stromer up there on the right wing, you can bump uh, Grabowski back down with Kuhlman and Nielsen where he belongs. You can sit Josh Bailey because he sucks. You can, you know, you can you can have Oposo, uh, Nelson, and Lee on another line. Nelson centering that line. You have like three really nice lines there, right? But they're, are they going to win Stanley Cup? Are they going to beat the Capitals in seven games? No. He doesn't make enough of a difference. So he's in this weird spot with the Isles. And the Rangers, the window is closing on the Rangers' fingers. This is it. The team better win a Stanley Cup this year. Yeah. They really, I mean, they really need to. So I I, I hope you come. I know if if the Isles make the playoffs, I know you'll be there. But well, I won't be there in the building, but I'll, but I'll be with them. I'll be watching. If I got tickets to a playoff game, you wouldn't go? Uh, I got a ticket to the game three against the uh, the Capitals. You know, going? Yeah, I probably would go. <laughs> Playoffs. I'm so glad. I'm so glad we're doing FaceTime for this, so I can see the consternation. Yes. Look, look, 
here, look, I I hope, I hope they get hot right now, heading into the playoffs, and I could get back on board. Like that I said, would be the opposite a, of last year. Give me a reason to get back on board. I want a reason. Right now, right. I'm not going out of my way to watch them. I want to be able to go out of my way to watch them. Okay. Because why? Because in my mind, why bother? Why bother getting invested in the exact same team as last year, and it's going to right. end the exact same way? Whereas I, uh, yeah, I understand it. Whereas that's, I that's put everything into it. Oh. I'll tell you, there is one big difference. There is. I will say this. There is one big difference. What's that? I think Grice is a better goalie than Halak. Well, he just might be playing better. Uh, yeah. I just think he has – we talked about it, the hot goalie. I think he has maybe more of an ability to get hot than Halak does. Halak was great in the no. playoffs last year, though. He's well, not but the reason they the lost other... it. He's not right. the reason they you lost it. you got to remember, you get to the playoffs, you're going to have to start Halak. He's the veteran. Why? He's been there before. You know? Grice is a veteran. He's not like Grice is a rookie. How many playoff games have he played in? I don't know. I don't know that answer. I feel like not a lot. There's another huge difference with this team. I know you haven't watched them a lot at all, but there is another huge difference from last year's team. And that is the PK is exceptional. Mm-hmm. And that that might I don't know if that's a big enough difference to win a playoff series, but it'll certainly help. How's the power play? Power play is about the same, middling yeah. at best. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a big. It's, it remains a huge problem. But the but the PK is really really good. And the PK was bad last year. It was awful. And the PK, I think, is still like second or third in the league. It's very, very good. Um, good. That's a big. Well, that's a big help. In time. But you're right. They gotta get. They gotta get hot. They gotta chase them. All right. We gotta talk about the Mets. We gotta. Okay. Time. Is this the most? Look at you. You're glowing. You're glowing, Mets. Pitchers and catchers in two days. I'm so embarrassed. You, you, you are. You look like you just went out on your first date with the Metropolitan. Oh, little old me. Why? Well, I do believe I have the bases. Oh, excuse me, Metropolitans. Are you talking to me? <laughs> well, I do well, declare. I, do declare. I, be, I, I, I believe I will order one of your twenty-game packages. Uh, it sure is hot here in the summer. First time in my life, by the way. Never had a package before. Is that right? First time in my life. In my life. 41 years old. First time in my life. That's you what they've it. done to me. You did almost 42. Almost 42, right? Next week? Yeah. We got some time. <laughs> got a little time. Let's not rush it. This is what they've done. It's uh yeah. Jojo went Jojo went and done did buy a package. <laughs> look at you. Oh look. I'm uh they gave me quite a run last year. You know? They, they and did. they they were always my first love. Yes. By a lot. So and they came back. Is it by a lot over the islanders? Um yeah. 
by a lot. I think in years it's been close. It's been closer in years, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, okay, like, well, last last time, last year at this time. Right. When we thought the Mets were going to just be an embarrassment again. Which, the which they were, were on their way to, by the way. They were on their way to. Um, it was it was pretty close. It was pretty close. Yeah. But ne- never the ne- the Islanders never came close enough to being number one. Put it that way. Okay. Even even last year at this time, which would have been as close as it's come, it still wasn't really that close. Yeah, they've never leapfrogged the Mets. They've, they've, in recent years, they've gone one and one A. Yeah, and the Jets have, have, you know, like in 2010, 2011, you know, really were a close one B. So I really do want to see them in the Super Bowl once before, you know. Sure. Of course. The rapture. Of course. (laughs) But that's yeah. But that's where always the first love. Always the first love. Yeah, but, but and and that's where I'm at with them. I think uh, they're good. I can. They're a good team. They're flawed. They're still flawed, but they are a good team, and they have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs again this year. You know, and and that's exciting to me. They have made the playoffs back to back times exactly once. Once in their history, correct? Ninety nine yep. and two thousand. One time. Right. Um, I agree with you. I'm very excited about this team. Um, I think they are, you know how I felt about Cespedes. I wanted him back the whole offseason. Yep. I I thought that was the move that told me that they were serious about winning. I think the idea being that they realized they realized what was obvious to me and to you, which was if we don't do this, this is just money right now. If we don't just pay the money for this hitter that we're going to need in July anyway, because our pitching is going to be good enough to keep us around. This time it's going to cost us Dominic Smith. This time it's going to cost us Brandon Nimmo. This time it's going to cost us, you know, Montero. Okay. Plowicki. This time it's going to cost us. Why not just get the bat now? Because it's just money. And then Sandy realized this and went to Fred and Jeff and said, it's just money. Do you want to keep these young, under-control players? Like Dom Smith, who's going to be your first baseman hopefully for years to come. And you can control him for one year of $30 million or whatever it is. And they went, oh, that makes sense. That's a better business model than yeah. giving up prospects for the bat that we're going to need anyway. So that signing, I was before that, I think we both were like, they didn't do enough. They're patting themselves on the back. Well, they went out and got Alejandro Diaz. Right. So anyway. In, in hindsight, it didn't matter. It didn't preclude them from going out and getting the bigger bat. But at the time, we thought that was going to be the bat. Yeah, I thought that was going to be the move, which was awful. Right. If that was the case. So, pitchers and catchers in two days. Do you think they're better? Better than when? Better than, than the better team than at the they end started of the year last year. Better than when we last saw them. Correct. 
Are they better? Um, close. It's real close. Um, what's the what are the big changes? The biggest change is that Neil Walker is at second base instead of Daniel Murphy. Yes. Right. As Drupal Cabrera is at shortstop instead of Wilmer Flores. In theory. In theory. Um, and Bastardo in the bullpen instead of Clippard, essentially. Yes. And yes. then everything else is the same when you think about it. Everything else. Well, you have, Ble- you have, you have Blevins back. Blevins so you have another back. Le- you have another lefty. Right. But think about it. I mean, the, everybody else is exactly the same, right? It's pretty much the same. Pretty yep. much the same. So I, I think it's, it's very similar. Very similar to the end of the season. Well, that team uh, went in and swept the Cubs in four games. Yeah. And should have, should have won the World Series, or at least been close. Yeah. Well, they were close. Yeah. I think they're better. You know, you want to know why? The biggest reason? Yeah. Why? Because Matt Harvey's not coming off Tommy John surgery. And Noah Syndergaard is in the major leagues and has pitched in the World Series. Even Matt is in the major leagues and has pitched in the World Series. Mm-hmm. And their rotation is now Harvey, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Matt, and Cologne. That's pretty good. That's really good. Harvey really without good. limitations. You know, DeGrom, Syndergaard with a, a year in the major leagues under his belt. Matt's in the fourth starter role, likely fifth because they'll probably move him around because he's the only lefty. I think, might be I, think, I think that's why they're better. Yeah, they might be. They might be. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to this season, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for the season, but not because – I think they're going to win the World Series. That's not that's not what it is. I mean, I think they have a good chance of making the playoffs, and then they get to the playoffs, right. and we'll see what happens. I'm just excited because for the first time in ten years, a little bit less than that, it it, it it's shaping up to be an enjoyable season. Yes. Right. How the last seven or eight years we've gone into spring training with well, everything's got to break right, and this has got to be like this, and that's got to be like that, and and then it's turned into painful to watch. Right, and also promises of the future. Right, the last promises. Yeah. Everything right, let's well, get... Harvey's on the way, and Fisgard's yeah. on the way, and you know, this guy's on the way, and that guy's on the way. They're all here. Right. Like now, it's like every night you put the game on, you're going to have, and Sandy Alderson said that, you're going to have a superstar pitching every night. Every night, Hopefully. every game, yeah. essentially, it's gonna you, you you have something to watch. Yeah, you know, Cespedes is in the lineup every night. He's got something to watch. Yeah, that's why so signing him back was so big. It was huge because it was that the pitching, right because that pitching that pitching step is what it is. It was the right thing to do. Yeah, he, you've got to give those pitchers. Uh, you've got to give those pitchers a lineup that gives them a chance to win every night. You have to. Right. Right. It's you know they talk give about you a chance to win every night. They talk about high stress innings on these guys, right? Right. When you have the offense that the Mets had for the first half of last year, 
every yep. inning is a high-stress inning because if you give up one run, you could be behind the eight ball just like that. Yep. Yeah. You know? That's a great so this point. At least, it at least allows them to breathe a little bit so that if they give up a run or two, the game's not necessarily over. Right. So they've they've been working without a net. They've been working without a net. And and how they've been great without a net. They've been right. great. How great? How how much better could they be? Not that they're good. Not, it doesn't automatically mean they will be. But think about how much better they could be now that they have a net. Right. Just repeat help. it, man. You don't have to go yeah. crazy. We don't have to set records. Just repeat it. I think it's going to help. So uh, I, I I'm very much looking forward to it. Very I'm much. Not, I, I'm very much looking to this season. I'm not. I'm not. Um, let's just get through the uh, regular season so we can get to the playoffs. No, I'm not like that. No, I want to enjoy it. I want them to be good I, in the regular season. Yeah. Yeah. I want them. I want them to be a good team. I, and and nothing would please me more if they ran away and friggin' hit. Nothing would please me more. Oh, it would be nice. To just you know, I can't understand for a second somebody who wants the Nationals to be good. I can't. Right. Why? I guess you know those people weren't around for '86 either, Brian. They don't know. I guess not. You know? I mean, yeah. 2006 was was glorious. They were like 98, and they won like 98 games. Nobody was in 15 games of them. It was great. I was over. It was over in July that year. It was great. They, right. They went on that 10 game road trip and or 11 game road trip and went 10 and one or something like that. Yep. It was like that was it. Yeah, that was in August. Yeah, that was that was magnificent. I'll take that again. I don't want to pennant race. No, I don't wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it. September four. It's wrapped. Done. Play wrap twenty it up. meaningless. Play twenty meaningless games. Let Brandon Nimmo come up here. Play center field every day. He's coming up, Cal. Well, he's well not, now he not anytime soon. <laughs> now he won't. <laughs> hurt so much for that. So much for that prediction. What do you mean he's hurt? Hurt. What's wrong with him? Brandon Nimmo, he just had surgery on his leg or something. Oh, you're full of baloney. Nah, I'm telling you the truth. I'm going to look this up. You bring the bishop back in so we can do the fun load. Hey, bishop, come back in. Where are you? <laughs> Where are you at? Where'd you go? Nothing. You're telling me you want a pizza that doesn't have anything that you could possibly have that goes on a pizza. Cut. I don't. What is this guy doing? There he is. There he is. The most sensitive microphone in captivity. Make him pop dots. Brandon Nimmo has a partially torn tendon in his left foot. Oh, you're full of baloney. He's in a walking boot. Where's that? Yes, I'm telling you the truth. I just Googled Brandon Nimmo. I see nothing. I'm I'm look I'm reading it. Why do you make stuff up? From January 29th. He's fine. Might be okay now. <laughs> <laughs> Rub some dirt on it. Get back in the game. Hi, Peach. Dad. Are you there? Am I there? Are you here? Well, because the screen tells me that I'm muted, but uh, if you can hear me, then I'm unmuted. Correct? We can hear you. 
Well, good. And do you know what time it is? Did we lose the fun load music? No. What happened? You broke it? I. No, it's here. Where'd it go? Oh, there <gasps> it is. I got it. Okay. Time for a fun load, baby. That was a close one. Wish I could turn back time I do the good old days When the mama would say I just you haven't heard that yeah. song yet? You haven't heard the 21 Gun song? No, it hasn't made no. it out to New Hope yet. I don't live in New Hope, but it hasn't made it to Newtown either. No, it has not made it down that way. Well, let me just say my name is Blurry Face, and I it's care regional. what you think. It's regional. Let's talk about the Grammy. Welcome to the Fun Load, Peach. It's been a while since we did a Fun Load. Um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the Grammys. You wanted to talk about the Grammys. I watched all of Mr. Robot, by the way. Uh, (gasps) let's just hijack the fun load right there. Um, so good. good. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Cal, where are you on Mr. Robot, Cal? I haven't seen it it yet. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What are you watching? What is Calvi watching right now? Come along for the journey. I'm not watching anything. I, I, you know, you guys talk about all of these shows. I don't know where you find the time to watch all this stuff. We can't do a year. What are you talking about? <laughs> not you. Not, not not so much you, PJ. But like, I'm I'm living a life. I'm raising a family. <laughs> now I'm older. We got a family. We talked about be watching television. So Simmons and and uh, cousin Sal all year on the on the the Simmons podcast, the football podcast. They talked about this. They they did something that we, and I, uh, when PJ and I did the fun load, Cal, I talked about this. They uh-huh. did something that we've been doing for years. And they, oh, they rip it off or whatever. Yeah, no, no. It's in the collective consciousness. It's just the idea of, like, inventing a TV show from something you're talking about or whatever. But their, part of their premise was there's too much on TV. Like, there's too much to consume. Like, where do you have the time to consume it? So every week they would come to the table with, like, uh, all right, it's actually streaming on uh, Pinterest, and um, it stars, you know, Craig T. Nelson, and they would, like, make up a show, and that was their conceit. And a lot of them were very much in the vein of things we have created in the last six years or just talked about. But it, but it was very funny, and it's not one of those things, like, stolen or something. It's just it's in the collective consciousness. That's where uh, Mr. McAfee came about uh, last week. <laughs> <laughs> PJ and I. Oh, the best show! And, it's going to be the best show ever, Mr. McAfee. And the casual, the casual court. But casual, casual court's even better. Casual court, <laughs> just what are you objecting for? It's so, uh, it's so stuffy. Just say what you want to say, and uh, maybe I'll tell you yes, maybe I'll tell you no. It's not a big deal. Is Lainey Kazan the ju- uh, the judge? Lady Lainey Kazan is in fact the judge on casual court. Why not? Why not? 
we're having Cordell Fresco tonight. Let's just do it outside. You Let's know, it's funny. But here's it. But that's a, it's actually funny that you mentioned that about there being too much on because we had that blizzard a couple of weeks ago here where we got 30 inches of snow. Right. And I had the whole day to do nothing because I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna shovel until the next day. Right. And I said to Allison, my wife, I said, you know, today would be a really good day to binge watch something. Mm. It's per- this, is, this is the perfect opportunity. I'm 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 sitting here. I got nothing to do. It's a Saturday afternoon. I'm just gonna go find a show and binge watch. I didn't watch a damn thing because there was too much to choose from. I didn't know where to go. And you were paralyzed. I was paralyzed by all the choices. You had too much choice. It's crazy. Well, it's if like we that onion, to... the Onion article that Netflix now orders, uh, offers unlimited browsing. <laughs> <laughs> Customers can just browse their stuff all day long and never have to watch any of it. I've done that, though. I've spent over an hour browsing the library of Netflix and adding right. it to my queue and then not watching anything. Never pulling the trigger on anything. Yep, that's never. Right. And my queue is like 30 it. or 40 shows deep. If you had to pick two shows for him, Cal, what would you pick? For me? No, PJ, I'm saying. If you had to pick two shows for Cal to, to must watch. To must watch. True Detective. True Detective, season one. And Mr. Robot. I think he'd enjoy those both immensely. Wow. And they, they're they not big time commitments. You're in and you're out. That's true. That is true. How, how, much of, how much of a role does Dennis DeYoung play in that? Not Mr. Robot O, just Mr. Robot. And oh, And he's different. in four, four episodes. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> and they keep telling him he's in the wrong place? <laughs> Every time? Yes, he's he's doing the set of casual court. <laughs> Mr. DeYoung, approach the bench and tell me what you think of my lemon cookies. Thank you. If you want. Cut. Is that Dennis DeYoung sticking his head back in the... Uh, I saw him at craft services. I was going to say something. But I... I Dennis, please, Dennis. He was, he was really miscast as Punch's pilot, by the way. <laughs> I can see. I can see. What did we cast? What did we cast JCS as? Um, we gave Eddie Vedder Punch's pilot, That's and right. we gave Tom York Annis, and we gave Leonard Cohen. And Cornell was Jesus, and we gave Judas to. Who did you Judas to? I was stalling. I had no one. Did we go in a live Scott Weiland? Should, should we should, should we give Judas to one of the members of the Hollywood Vampires? Segway, <laughs> oh, segway. Oh, Ooh, wow! Did you did you it, see that wall of noise? That was rough. It was. All it right, was. So- it was interminable. Go was, full Grammys was, here, boys. Go full Grammys. Before before we go full Grammys, though, because I just I don't want to forget this. Did anybody watch the Funnier Die Donald Trump fake movie? 
forgot to. Sorry. I know you told me to. Forgot. Oh, all right. So that's on my I'm, list. All right. The I'm going to watch True Detective. For the trailer. No, the whole thing. I watched all the whole 50-minute movie. It was 51 minutes. Wait, I thought it was like a short. No, it was a 51-minute movie. Oh, my God. I watched was, the trailer. The trailer was incredible. It was genius. Genius. Well, it's based on his script, right, from that time? It's based on the book that he wrote. Right, The Art of The, Art of the Deal. The Art of the Deal. So it's a movie... It's it's the it's the television movie adaptation of his book that was filmed. That he, in, that, okay, yeah. Okay, so the, it, it's it's a, the TV adaptation of the book that was filmed in 1988 and aired once and never aired again. And they hid the tapes, but somehow Ron Howard came in possession of the tape, and he's going to air it now because this is a perfect time to air it with Donald Trump running for president. I'm going to air this show, this movie that only aired once before. And it's, and I hate to call it a period piece because it's 1988, but it's as 1988 as you can get. But they reshot it though. They reshot it. No, it was never a real thing. There was never a TV movie about this. No, no, no. There was, there was a script for a TV movie adaptation of the book in 1988, and they were going to show it, and it got preempted by a football game because one of the games went to overtime on a Sunday. Oh, that's what and it they was. they never okay. showed it. And they never showed it, so they reshot it. it. So they reshot it with that script and Johnny Depp playing Donald Trump. But I don't think it was the same script. Supposedly, well, supposedly it's the script, that, and they took liberties with. It, I, uh, well, they took they they took a lot of liberties with it. Right. But right. okay, so then that's the that makes more sense. Right. The the actual adaptation existed. It just never aired. Okay. So that wow, that makes it even more genius to me. Yeah, so I, then, I gotta well, watch it. There's a chance of the real TV movie turning up one day. As well as this send-up version? Oh, I would bet. I would bet. I think. I, I, don't I know. mean, that's the way I... I did I read I'm it wrong? Intrigued. That's the way I read it. No, no, no. That, that actually makes a lot more sense than my version. And it was, like, preempted by a football game. It so was they preempted never by it. Right. It was a Packers game. Right. That went to overtime and, or something like that. Right. And he, address, he addresses that in the, in the open, Ron Howard. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I can't. I can't wait to see this. It's I really just, can. It's, it's just so. And listen, the acting is really bad. Oh, so you're on not, purpose though. Yeah, you're not watching it for for the acting and the story. Like, it's 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 horrible if you don't get it. Right. If you don't get what they're doing. Tongue is firmly planted in cheek. You have to accept that. Yeah, right. but it's. I mean, you feel like you're watching like. A, a movie of the week from 1988. Just right, visually, right, right. <laughs> the feel of it is I, it's just it's amazing. I love that Depp did it. The trailer is and it's Johnny genius. Depp. Yeah, the and trailer is great. And we'll go back to we'll go back to the Grammys. But I just when you talked about the Hollywood vampires, it made me think of of Johnny Depp doing that, and it was just crazy. Right. I gotta okay, say now, before you guys before you guys okay. Grammy, I gotta say one thing too. 
I got to give my little two cents here on, I was telling you about this, Cal, on Horace and Pete, the Louis C.K. Right. So are you familiar with this, Pete, where he, he's doing a series now that he's releasing online through his website, no studio. Right. Um, okay. And um, it's $5. I think episode one was $5. I think episode two was $3 and episode three was $3 or something like that. And um, you, you download it and you watch it like on iTunes or whatever. You watch it on your devices. It's all through his website. And it's, um, it is, I'm almost through the first episode, Cal. It is really interesting. I mean, it's a play. It's essentially a play. It's, him and, and Steve Buscemi and Jessica Lang and Alan Alda and uh but like Nick um who's the who's the comedian? Stephen DiPaolo? Wright, um Nick DiPaolo, and then a bunch mm. of other guys you've seen a million times. Um and now Edie Falco uh is playing his sister. And it's I've never seen anything like it. I'll say that. It's it's like a Eugene O'Neill play, without a doubt. But because he's shooting it as he goes and he has no studio to to go through, yeah, it, it's like remarkably topical. And he it reports to no one. He can say anything he wants. So there's, no, wait, there's an entire. It's in, the, it's in the style of Eugene O'Neill, or he's a he's done a Eugene O'Neill. No, it's 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 it takes place in a in a hundred year old bar in Brooklyn, and it's it's got that Eugene O'Neill work working class play feel, like a real like the proletariat in a bar talking to each other. That's what I mean by mm. that. Okay. But but it's completely Louis C.K. and. Like there's an entire scene and Alan Alda as you've never seen him before. I hate <laughs> Alan Alda as you've never seen him before. Um, no, he, and he, he's never playing. He's not playing gay, right? Um, he's done that before. Um, no, but Alda is is playing this like crotchety, racist, un-PC guy. Everything about it is on PC, but you're like, oh, okay. He's presenting both sides of the on PC. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I, I, guys, it is, it's a think piece. I mean, it's taken me a while. It's like, it's like a, sort of a devouring a good book. Like it's taken me a while to get through the first episode because I keep like, whoa, that got heavy. I got to take like, 20 minutes or a day or two off and then I'll come back and I'll finish it out. What's the title? It's called Horace and Pete. And basically the premise is Louis C.K. and C. Buscemi uh, own this bar together, Horace and Pete, and it's been owned by a hundred for a hundred years by their uncles or fathers. Like Alan Alder's like Pete the seventh. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it stayed in the family, and now it's leaving. Apparently, it's leaving the family in some way, shape, or form. But it's just—it's really good, and it's a play. There's—I mean, it's, it's shot as a play, like three sets. You know, there's an intermission, like he actually does an intermission. Is it he, like he, in any way like—is it a callback to All in the Family at all? No, yeah, it's Learish. 
but it's not a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's it, the first episode is like an hour and nine minutes. Like it's not a comedy. There are some funny moments, but it's not a comedy. So it's lyrics. Is it, is it a, a comedy? Well, it's not a comedy. <laughs> You're such a jerk. Jerk star called. <laughs> the jerk star called. What are you worried about? You're their bestseller. Well, um, I slept you with guys, your wife. You guys should definitely check it out. Definitely. Okay. Check it out. Very, very good. Yeah. I'm intrigued. That and I'm just obsessed with Veep right now. Just finally came back to it to catch up. <gasps> You're watching Veep? Yes. Oh, that show is so good. Oh man. We're on we're on episode four, season four. So we're almost we're almost caught up. Oh, fantastic. Oh, it's it, oh. we picked up we picked up episode three, season three, and we and like over the weekend we made it to Episode four, season four. It's just so good. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, that shows a treat. It, it really is, Cal. I, I I know I've told you several times to use the HBO Go for stuff. If I was going to use the HBO Go for two things, one would be True Detective, and one would be because Tony Hale has done it again. He's created another unbelievably hilarious sitcom character that is. Utterly, well, it's not, I mean, sitcom, quote unquote, but like utterly it's quotable. Buster. It's not Buster. Yeah. It's, cr- it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a complete departure from Buster. Complete. Yeah, that's what I love about it. It's just like, oh, wow, this is, he's a different oh, dude and I, and I can live with it. Yep. Every, every person on the show is unbelievable and she is just fantastic. She really is. She's really funny, is. She's the funniest woman and funniest woman maybe ever in television. She's right there with like Carol Burnett and Lucille Ball. She's that yeah. funnier than Kristen Wiig. How dare you, sir? <laughs> I like Kristen Wiig, but I think Julia non- Dreyfus is in rare air. Can we call it the non-Saturday Night Live division? Even Amy though she Schumer. was on Saturday Night Live. Okay. Amy Schumer and and her 119 minutes of total content so far. Amy Schumer's not there yet. She's very very good. That show is excellent. Right. But she's not there yet. Ah, she steals jokes. Julia, <laughs> don't tell Mark <laughs> Maron. Um, I love that tirade that Maron went on. So right. Um, to me. Um, Julia Louis Dreyfus now involved in two unbelievable. Because Veep is that good, Cal. It's seminal. It's that good. Yeah. Good as Seinfeld. It's good. It's a different. If it's a different animal, it's a totally different animal. But it's yeah. a, it's Arrested Development. It's that good. Yeah, there are, there are elements of Veep that feel, even though it's really bizarre, that, that feels so authentic to Washington. Yeah. Yep. Even even though you know the circumstances that are happening are bizarro. You know. Yeah. yeah, and and they're ridiculous circumstances, and right. yet there is a there's realness a, about. There's a the half season where they where she's each other like. Yeah, there's a half season where she's obsessed with not getting saddled with the topic of childhood obesity. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just 
It's so funny. <laughs> and it's like a through line. It's like, I mean, they, right. they, they like Arrested Development would do, like you somehow carry this ridiculous through line. <laughs> She's trying so hard to have a career with substance. And and right. just and looming it, in the background yeah. is this notion of well she's going to get the PR campaign for childhood for obesity. Child obesity. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's it's like it's like Buster's hand or something like it's just something yeah. that they weave through the the through line. Right. It's good, man. Oh, it's so good. All right. Hey, were you surprised by Mark Marin saying that he didn't like Arrested Development? When did he say that? Did I miss it? Yeah, in the uh, told PJ. In, we were we were texting, and uh, I I said, you know, I don't like the Doors, and uh, I don't like Wilco, and he said, well, I don't like Arrested Development. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. And I did. No, in the interview with Brian Grazer. Yes, you're right. That's right. Yep. Uh, I was not surprised at that. I, I remember this now, Peach. The Brian Grazer well, interview was now. Amazing. I'm surprised that you weren't surprised. This is like I wasn't uh, because I, a I think he said it before, but b I think it was the way he said it. Like I don't disparage anybody liking it. It just wasn't my thing. Because mm. I think he kind of said it with Bateman. Oh, did he? Yeah, kind of uh. said it with Bateman. He didn't say he didn't like it, but he was just like, you right. know, it's a huge hit, and, and you know, I get, and it's a genius show. It just wasn't kind of my thing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Grammys. Did anybody watch vinyl? <laughs> DVR'd. DVR'd. Okay. Let me know what you think. I haven't watched it yet either. I'm expecting a lot uh, of cocaine. That's well. From the reviews I read, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> I'm expecting uh, several women to remove their tops. Again, you will be pleased. All right. Expectations will be met in space. <laughs> well, then, this is appointment television for me. Mad Men on Drugs. That's what it was called. Mad Men with Coke. I um, never went back to Mad Men. You know it. I know you stupid bastard. I hate you I so it, much for it. I let it uh, I let it get away from me and I don't think I'll be returning. You had a chance to be here and you blew it. I had a chance and I started and I wavered and I lost it. I lost the thread yep. and yep. that was it. It's and just Cal's a difficult commitment. Back. It's a difficult it commitment. Is. It is. That's why I can't do breaking back? bad. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't do breaking it's bad. Too late. It's too no, late for me. The time commitment or, or, or the time commitment. I can't do I can't do six seasons of a show. I can't do it. I just can't. I don't have Too it much. in me. Too much. <laughs> as, as Cal said, I'm living a life here. I'd rather gonna, be writing than watching. I think I'm gonna tackle the Law and Order series. <laughs> you see, Are there but any that's of those? awesome. Oh man. Law and Order oh. episodes go down like chips ahoy cookies. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Gonna knock out three or four a night. It be easily, Christmas, right? It's so Teresa, easy. Teresa does, <laughs> and she's seen most of them. <laughs> she's watching, watching them again. Who does she like better, uh, Sam Watterson or uh, or Michael Moriarty? Oh, I, she likes SVU. That's her jam. Oh, SVU. Oh, SVU. Well, she likes the, I mean, she likes original recipe, but SVU is her jam. 
SVU makes me sad. Too it's sad. nothing but it's nothing but Maloney and Haggerty in my in my place. Haggerty. <laughs> I get the occasional, why why can't you look more like uh, Christopher Maloney? Well, I think you have a long way to go in a lot of respects for that. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't you be more like that? (laughs) That reminds me of the Maloney bit with the iced tea. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Are you telling me? Sometimes people do too many drugs. Yes. Or like when a man eats too much candy. (laughs) Like when you stare at the sun too long. You're saying that this man likes to have sex with little boys? Yes, with a special victims unit, Ice. (laughs) So good. Dude, Mulaney's good. Holy cow. He really is. Great. His thing on the New York Post is incredible. <laughs> you're either a tot or you're an angel. Right. <laughs> an angel is any dead baby. You're a dead any dead tot. Or right. a hero. A hero is anybody who does their job. <laughs> yeah, the uh beauty beauty killed or something. Uh, let's say body found. <laughs> Beauty, oh, really? Man. Oh, he's excellent. Um, uh, okay, Grammys, go, 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 go. What do you want to say, Cal? What do I want to say? I want some opinions. You watched it, right? I watched every second of it, including the red carpet. Yes, Steve, did you watch it? No. Okay. PJ. Next question. <laughs> uh, well, number one, I thought it was uh, odd that they used uh, unnominated artists like Selena Gomez and Ariana Grande to just come out and be uh, TNA presenters. I thought that was kind of gross. Yes. That felt weird to see that. And, right. They had nothing but else they, to do. They had nothing else to do except pop out of their dresses. It was right. it was gross. Right. Um, I I thought I thought the tribute to Lionel Richie was uh, as I, as I put it, it was the tribute from the League of Caucasian Stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> and John Legend. And John Legend playing piano. I didn't understand it. Uh. Lionel who is in to like it though? Who is himself? in the lead? I must know. Uh, uh it was Dem- Luke Bryan. Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato. Oh boy. Uh, Luke Bryan. Was Megan Trainer doing that one too? Megan Megan Trainer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. All they needed was Clay Aiken. I didn't understand. I mean, the guy was in the Commodores, for God's sake. Way to whitewash Lionel Richie. Woof. He he got a kick out of it, and then he did them. I, I I couldn't tell if he got a kick out of it or whether or not he was just putting on a good face because he knew he was on soon to to you know to end it. Right. And how often does the artist come up and sing in their own tribute? 
Not often. I think that was supposed to be a surprise, too, right? What was that? Was that a surprise? Because he telegraphed it a lot. <laughs> well, when they get... showed, <laughs> I think what gave it away is when they showed the audience with the earpiece in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. It was. I, I, I do think he had a hearing aid. It was not well done. What songs did they do for the Richie tribute? Uh, uh, very strange selections. They did "Hello," nice and slow. Um, in, in which Demi Lovato chose to scream. <laughs> she did right, didn't she? Scream the last note. Scream. She screamed at the end. Right. <laughs> so let me start by saying I love you. <laughs> it was. It was the emo version of "Hello." It was so strange. Let me start then, by saying. I don't remember was it Luke was it Luke Bryan or someone came out and did Penny Lover, which was like man Luke Bryan. Right? Luke Bryan's a Penny Lover. Penny Lover to walk on by. It's a terrible song. I forget what I wow. forget That's... what Megan Trainer did. <sighs> but then Lionel Richie came up on stage. No. Lionel Richie came up on stage and did all night long. He did all night long in a key so low the horns couldn't play along. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all night. <laughs> Pretty much. It was like, listen guys, I can't I can't warm up vocally, so just play it in D flat. Everyone you meet <laughs> in the street all night long. <laughs> Pretty much. Feel good, you feel good. <laughs> What was Leonard Cohen doing all night long again? Um, I had a problem with all the tributes. That this was this was my Facebook rant, uh, and some of my friends gave me some crap for it. But I thought all the tributes were bad. I thought the BB King tribute was also uh, a little whitewashed. Yeah, that right. was tough to listen to. Also, I mean, you're, you're paying tribute to BB King, who has probably inspired dozens upon dozens upon hundreds of you know, black recording artists, blues guitarists. Right. And, and they bring up Duck Dynasty <laughs> and Bonnie Raitt. Bonnie there's, Raitt. There's almost zero reason to have a white artist doing a tribute to B.B. King. Do a tribute I mean, really, to almost, almost zero. I can't, you can't, how do you screw that up? And B.B. King think- didn't get a medley. They just did The Thrill is Gone. Are you serious? Uh, uh, unless I missed a segue. All they played no. The Thrill There's is nothing Gone. nothing else. Go get the kid from, who's that, that, that guitar virtuoso kid from Texas? I think he's from Austin or something. He's a younger kid or whatever. He's like a total. Who, Kenny blues. Wayne Shepard? Is it Kenny Wayne Shepard? Johnny Shepard? Lang. Johnny Lang. Was the one I was thinking of. He's white too. (laughs) Are you thinking of um, Gary Clark's son? He just played on. Gary Clark Jr. was there. He was there, and he's very good. And he's very good. Yeah. He just played on. He just played with the Foos on. God is my witness. 
and he was in the documentary with the Foo Fighters because God is my uh, what did I do? God is my witness is the um, the Austin song. So you know Sonic Highway is what it was about. Like they went to different cities and then wrote a song in the city yeah. and had artists from the city play with them or whatever. The yeah. kid plays guitarist. The the guitar on it is incredible. And he's like this younger, you know, younger black kid, like blues guitarist. What's his name? They could have used him. They could have used him. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> PJ, did you think that, that Pitbull had the cachet to close the Grammys? Look, they started the credits before Pitbull was done. I think I that tells you everything about the Pitbull part of the program. <laughs> they were like, that's enough. That's enough. Wait a minute. What about Robin Thicke? What about Joe Perry? No, that's that's enough. It's just yeah. They let him on. They let him play long enough for Sofia Vergara to come out, and then they rolled the credits. Oh no! <laughs> was that was that? My daughter asked me if that was Sofia Vergara. That was her. Okay. Yeah. I just saw saw a spinning woman, and I was like, I, I didn't want to comment. Yeah, yeah, no, that was it, that was definitely her. It is Gary Clark Jr., by the way, Gary Lee Clark. Okay, yeah, he was there. He's very good. That's Gary, and he's Gary Clark Sr. is of course the Washington Redskins wide receiver. I had no idea that was his dad. You didn't know that? Nope. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. That really. Good. He's thirty-two. He's not a total kid. He's a kid. But, but he's, he's been around. He's. Well, he played. Didn't he play with like Joe Satriani or something like that on like Austin City Limits, like when he was like sixteen or something like that. Um, and uh, sounds Clark like performed at the, Clark performed at the 2010 Crossroads Guitar Festival alongside BB King, Eric Clapton, Buddy Guy, Steve Winwood, John Mayer, Sheryl Crow. He joined like he he's been doing this like his whole life. This kid, mm-hmm. this guy. So we can't get him for the BB King tribute. Well, and he was there too. That's the best part. And he was there. God damn it! <laughs> it just the tributes just felt odd. It's not they weren't but, terrible. I mean, Steve you know. Ray Vaughan. That's he, he, right. He played. He's been playing guitar since he was twelve years old, and he played with Stevie or Jimmy 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 Vaughan or Stevie Ray Vaughan or something like that. Okay. And so he was. That's where he kind of made. I like the guy a lot. His, his guitar solo on that song is incredible. I got to get his uh, album. Go on. Pitbull. Sophia Vergara. No, we moved Pitbull, on. The, the, the whole night had become hilarious by the time Pitbull came out. So, I mean, it was just. Yeah. Everybody was, you know, undoing their belt buckle by the time Pitbull was out. <laughs> uh, I thought TV. Lady Gaga wasn't bad. Her Her Bowie tribute wasn't bad. It was inspired, if not... Felt, if, felt rushed. Yeah. What did she rushed. do? She did 35 songs in six minutes, is what she did. <laughs> she did a Bowie wow. tribute. So she did, like, practically every David Bowie song. Yeah. Ever. It, like, it, it was a segue of Bowie fashions. Okay. It, you know what I mean? So, like, you know, she, she came out as Ziggy, and then she transferred into the Thin Duke, and then she trans... trans transposed to transmogrified into, you know, the let's dance version. Um, and they did, I don't know, 45 seconds of different songs. Yeah. yeah as not a lot. As, as possible. It meant a lot to her. 
and you could you could tell like that's the reason why it it worked. Nine of Bowie's best known songs in six minutes. There you go. Space Oddity, Changes, Ziggy Stardust, Suffragette City, Rebel Rebel, Fashion, Fame, Let's Dance, and Heroes. Yeah. With a tiny guitar lick from Under Pressure. Yeah. I th- it's, almost, it's almost like it was imagined as, I don't think you can do nine Bowie songs in six minutes. <laughs> right. Well, no, I think, I think it was imagined as, give me 15 minutes and let me do this. Right. And they, and they said, you, you have six. six. <laughs> <laughs> and she refused to cut any of it. I can do that nine song Bowie tribute in six minutes. Do that did, tribute. Did you yeah. see uh, Stevie Wonder standing with the ridiculous pentatonics? <laughs> what what is, is pentatonics? Again, I I compared it to the Muppets. <laughs> They're always can on you, uh, Sesame Street. Can you explain them to me? What what are they? Pentatonics. What's They're an acapella about? group, are they not? They're an acapella group that refuse to quit after college, like most people do. Uh huh. And uh, they're interesting, and they have a following. They're no they're great than any other acapella group I've ever ever sidecast with them. So all right, they have a man singing soprano, and and a girl singing alto, which I guess is unique. Oh, okay. And no instruments. It's all a cappella. No, no instruments. Okay. They, um, they're fantastic on Sesame Street. They do a lot of Sesame Street songs. Right, but do they, and, do they wear the silken robes like they're on <laughs> Rush's Fly By Night tour um, <laughs> like they did last night? <laughs> when they're on Sesame Street, do they do that? I, sh- I sure wish they did. Did they come I out? Like that audience get it. Did, did they sing the <laughs> Temple of Spheres? <laughs> Wesley's like, this exit stage left? What is this? <laughs> it was just bizarre. It was bizarre. <laughs> but, you know, they stepped out of the liner notes from 2112. What are they doing? Kendrick Lamar was great, and I don't even know his stuff. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> he was, he's one of those hip-hop gentlemen from the hood. He, yeah, he was okay. I the have family, not heard of any of these people. Well, the family over here really loved Justin Bieber. Bieber, Bieber was yeah. not bad. Well, he hooked he up with terrible. Skrillex and uh, somebody else. Right. I heard another, he played guitar. Electronic music. He did. Yeah, he can play guitar. Like, I was surprised by that, though. Yeah. And then, of course, there was the Adele uh, fiasco. Poor Adele. Come on. Yeah. I think this is probably where we should close, because what happened to Adele? The, the Adele fiasco. Dun, dun, dun. The Adelesco. The, the microphone's all on the piano. Fiascadel? Fiascadel. <laughs> oh, and Hamilton. Hamilton was awesome. Oh, that was terrific. Oh, Hamilton. You're right. Yeah. That was terrific. They went live to Broadway for that. 
in what in the show's intermission. It was during an actual show's intermission, right? Yeah. So the cast came out and redid the first number of the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And the crowd in the theater was going crazy. Yeah. Excellent. That is, uh, that is, uh, PJ and I talked about this a while back, Cal, that I just picked one day and started listening to it. Like the soundtrack of Samantha that said it was so good. And wow, that is, it's good. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah, it's very, it really is insane. It's I mean, it's, it's the most words I've ever heard come out of a Broadway show ever, <laughs> ever by like 500%. <laughs> truckloads yeah, it, of words it is a fevered as you said Peach it is a fevered brain that came up with that thing <laughs> yes. yes well I mean come on he wrapped his words. yeah he did he wrapped his he basically wrapped yeah it's like a million words it, it almost seems like a challenge <laughs> again but it's, it, it's like it's super smart and it for me, at least, it you know the the soundtrack made me feel something by the end. Yep, yep. And it does I enough something to, down in the cockles. Right. It does enough historically to sort of be. It takes enough of the right history. And sort of, you know, it sort of it doesn't really fudge any other history. It, it moves some things around for convenience of the storyline, but the mm-hmm. basic premise and and the basic. Parts of his life are there, you know. Yeah. Essentially, the, the important stuff's there. Um, it's good. I can't. I. I mean, I'll probably see it 15 years from now. You know, at uh, Bucks County Playhouse when they bring it here. But um, <laughs> it's it's only like $500 a seat for like a yeah, Wednesday so. matinee. But uh, but it's good, man. I mean, the, the soundtrack itself is is crazy good. Yeah. So that was a good performance. But Adele's. Hollywood vamp, can, we, can we talk about the Hollywood crap fire, please? <laughs> Try to avoid it. <laughs> what do you do when yeah. all of a sudden there's pyrotechnics blowing up all over the stage? <laughs> <laughs> and here's Alice Cooper, who, in spite of all of her stage makeup, looks 75 years old. <laughs> And he looks tired, man. I mean, he's only out there doing one song. Yeah. But I think he took a B12 shot just to go (laughs) do that. (laughs) Joe Perry's in the corner, like, just, I guess, counting down the minutes till he gets his check. And on the other side of the stage is Johnny Depp. Yeah. Like right in the front, Johnny Depp. What was happening? What was, was happening? Crazy. Well, this was a tribute to Lemmy? Yeah, and there was a tribute to, to Motorhead. That was what was... Well, well, hold weird. on. Hold on. Hold, wait. Wait. First, there was six minutes of incomprehensible noise. <laughs> <laughs> where, for some reason, this group, which no one is going to pursue... Got to got to show off their new single. Uh, the single involves no singing and no discernible melody, but there it was. 
and then they um, segued that into Ace of Spades. That's true. Yeah. And you enjoyed this. <laughs> I was happy when it ended. Mm. And it turns out that is where the show ended as we had hit our three-hour allotment from Blog Talk Radio. So that was the end of episode 256. Hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you next week. Thanks.